This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. podcast of Rare Antiquities. On today's show, we are going to dive into our review of Season 2 of Star Trek Picard. Jeff, welcome to the show. I know I, did, I had to twist your arm a little bit to do this one, but thank you for joining us once again. It's not like I have other options for the show, but <laughs> I could have done a monologue today, but at least you, you decided to come. I would have listened to your monologue on Picard Season 2. That might have been fun. <laughs> How's things? Let's start off that way. It's been a while since you've done this. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done the show. You know, I've been consuming the pop culture as, as much as I've been able to. I have not. Yeah. <laughs> no. At all. Yeah, no, not much else to do. So, yeah, you know, that's about it. We're we're kind of like balls deep in Star Trek these days, which is, you know, if you'd have told me that five or six years ago, I, I would have been very surprised and excited to be in that state. I guess we'll talk about how that's worked out, but... You're right. We are yeah. knee-deep in Star Trek. This is actually the first show at my new place, so... Right, right on. Yeah, I'm in the basement, so I've been downgraded into the bunker. And well, you should have a whole recording studio set up down there by now. <laughs> no. I have a nice little... Have you ever heard of that horror movie, The People Under the Stairs? Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of close to that. <laughs> Just a fucking podcasting ogre in the place. And you know what? To be fair, that's probably 99% of podcasters, right? That's Just true. Just some, I admit just some neckbeards under the stairs of their in their house. Although you probably are in the one percentile of those ogres who actually own their house, <laughs> as, <laughs> opposed so. their, as opposed to their moms. Well, yes, well, I well, the bank owns, I'd say, twenty five percent of my house. Well, you you own it. They're just waiting in the wings. That's right. Yeah. So it's good to finally have, it's it's nice and cozy, and I always envisioned having a den or something like that where I could yeah. have a sophisticated setup, but it didn't happen. But anyway, I first want to ask you, before we start talking about our thoughts on Picard, I'm going to do a couple of, uh, just a quick bullet point rundown off the top of my head. I have no notes on the story, because okay. I want to get the story straight, and I really want to talk about how this kind of fits in Star Trek canon and the timeline, and you can maybe set the record straight. Okay? okay. Okay, so we start with Picard. He goes to Rios's stargazer ship, and the entity, the Borg, the Borg's coming through this conduit or ent- something, wormhole or whatever you want to call it, and what we presume to be the Borg Queen infiltrates, like she beams over, or I, I already gave it away. Well, it's the Borg Queen. She beams over, and she starts... Tapping into their systems, Picard gives the self-destruct signal because they don't want the Borg to take over the whole fleet, and they go back. The ship explodes. Hughes sends him to an alternate reality in the future because Q changed something in the past. Now, this is a fascist, what they call it, the Confederation, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of the Federation, and they realize that this is all fucked up. It's like the parallel universe kind of situation almost. The mirror universe where Federation or the Confederation is evil. Picard is this massive popular war criminal. Killed a whole bunch of dudes right in line with mirror universe stuff that's going on. And they've captured the Borg Queen in this future timeline and they're going to kill her to wipe out 
the Borg or the leader of the Borg or however you want to say it. So the Picard knows that because he, he gets a sense that Q is dying or something's wrong with, with Q. And I can't remember, like, Q does this his speech saying this is another test or the trial never ended and those kind of things. And he I think he admits to Picard that he changed something in the past and that's all he'll say. So that Picard knows he has to go back to the past. The Borg Queen is able to identify where in the past the timeline merged or this change occurred. So they travel like they do in Star Trek Four. Instead of having Spock, since they have the Borg Queen, they're able to make those calculations, warp around the sun, travel to the past, into 2024, is it, I believe? Yeah, it was It was 23 or 24. Yeah, Tw- yeah I think it's 2024, so a couple years from now. They find out there, like there's a Watcher, because the Borg Queen said that there's a Watcher, I believe, or it was Q that said that there's a Watcher. I think it was the Borg Queen. That watcher turns out to be a young Guinan who does not know who Picard is, and and all the group separates. They leave Agnes on the ship, and then there's another watcher out there as well, and I can't remember how Picard figures this out, but he finds that person, and it turns out to be Laris, or someone who looks like Laris, who's another watcher, who's like kind of like this time time watcher in the sense in the same sense as Gary Seven from the original series, and she's watching over Picard's ancestor, Rene Picard, and Rene Picard apparently is a very important person in the context and the tapestry of history, and she discovers some kind of microorganism that cures or solves, but this microorganism will solve all of mankind's problems, whether it's a disease, climate change, environmental issues, whatever it may be, this microorganism is the sole reason why we merged onto a positive timeline leading to the Federation and the future that we know versus a offshoot segment which will lead into the Confederation, right? Mm-hmm. In the future. Yeah. And Hugh somehow is still is trying to discourage her from, he's introducing, he's, he's putting in some wrinkles into the system. He's pretending to be her psychiatrist, mm-hmm. saying you should be scared, or he's doing something to not convince her to join this mission, despite other people who may be all going on that mission who would discover the microorganism anyways. <laughs> so, That's right. But anyways, the main point here is Q is purposely trying to convince this one person not to go, instead yeah. of jeopardizing the entire mission. Then, in the same time, since the board queen is the board queen, came back in the past, she's kind of, you know, she doesn't have her legs, and she's like all hung up to dry there. They leave Agnes on the ship, and Agnes, for some reason, is, lets her take partial control of the ship, for some reason, I can't recall. And then she takes control of the ship, and then she starts borgifying other people, and eventually merges with Agnes. So Agnes now becomes part Borg and part Borg Queen, because Agnes killed the Borg Queen while she's realizing that the Borg Queen is starting to assimilate people, or this one security made it onto the ship, some no-name redneck or whatever it was, but Borg Queen was able to jump or merge the consciousness or the Borg nano, whatever, nanobites or whatever it's called, into Agnes, and she's slowly being Borgified. And it's kind of like a dual personality. Agnes is still there, but the Borg Queen's like her whispering over her shoulder. So Agnes goes on a tear, and she wants to, for some reason, get more power, and starts eating up car batteries. So Rafi and Seven 
are trying to track down Agnes Rios while trying when they beam down to the planet originally after the time travel. He gets arrested, he gets hurt, he goes to a free clinic that's being run by an illegal immigrant. He starts having the hots for her. He gets arrested by I, the ICE immigration officials, thrown in jail, somehow gets out. I can't recall how he got out or whatever the oh, reason. Got well, we can talk about that part. Okay. We'll I, don't, I can't recall. I can't recall how that happened. And then, I mean, there's a whole other stuff and with the card fainting. The doctor yeah. was not an undocumented immigrant. She was legit. She was just yeah. running a clinic. She was just running for people who were who were undocumented. Right. Okay. So that's going on with Rios. Mm-hmm. Raffi and Seven are chasing down Agnes. Uh, Agnes is trying to become more powerful and you know becoming more Borg and trying to raise an army of Borg. Then Picard, with this watcher who looks like Laris, but it's not Laris, because she's watching Renee, there's a whole subplot of Picard meeting his ancestor and trying to give her the encouragement, saying he, she should be proud of her accomplishments, and she should travel out into space and continue on her path as an astronaut. Knowing full well she'll achieve that mission and things will be good. However, at the same time, there's another subplot going on here with, uh, is it Adam Soong? Brent Spiner uh, plays another well, Soong. He's a Dr. Soong. I don't remember mm-hmm. which okay. one. Let, let's yeah. just say he's Soong. And he has a daughter who is Soji, essentially, but not Soji. Looks exactly right. like Soji. And she has, she's like part vampire because she can't go out in the sun without right. melting. Yeah. So he's a geneticist. And he's trying to cure her. And he's apparently, because he's a geneticist, I guess he's been building a whole bunch of her. And they failed. Either they've been aborted or they never turned out. He's trying to create the perfect human through genetic experiments. Yeah. Or something along those lines. She's the latest incarnation of that experiment. And she has this affliction to the sun, which he's still trying to cure. And for some reason, he's so important that if Renee doesn't find that microorganism, the Borg Queen, as Agnes says, you will be this more very important person. You'll be like this mad scientist. The world will turn to you for all of its solutions. But he's really this evil, genius, mad scientist guy who was, who would be hell-bent on destroying the world through genetic experiments or whatever other means. It's not completely clear. And he's going to, even though all of this fails for him, he's going to continue with other genetic experiments, which would lead to con, uh, or the eugenics war, or something like that, right? And he still tries to, even though Renee, uh, Picard, and Laris are successful in convincing Renee to go on the mission, but apparently the Borg Queen said somebody has to die or sacrifice. There's got to be two Renees. Somebody's got to pretend to be Renee so soon can kill her or kill that person, the fake Renee, and, the, and the, so the real Renee can proceed in, yeah. on the mission. And that ended up being Laris. Now, is there all of this stuff, there's another subplot about Picard and his trauma, because at the beginning of the season, he's not willing to commit into a relationship with Laris, and he has trouble, as we've known from the past, he's never really nailed down a serious long-term relationship, despite there being many reasons why that is the case. And apparently, many, many hours in this 10-episode run, I would say at least a good four to five hours, were dealing with Picard's trauma, and his mom hung herself, and he blames 
himself because he let her out of a room. He thought something was happening between his dad and his mom that he didn't fully understand. He let her, his mom out of the room. His dad was protecting her. When, whether that's good or not, locking somebody in the room, and I want to talk about that. I mean, it's not really the focus of the show, but because mom, the mom had mental illness, she hung herself, and because of that, Picard's not able to forge any relationship with another female in the future. That shapes his relationships with everything. And that's who Picard mainly is because of what happened to his mom. And then there's other stuff. I know they throw in the line here. There's other stuff that happened. I think there was an episode in TNG where he visually, he, he saw a vision of his mom and she was an older lady and she had, she says, let's have some tea just the way you like it and stuff. That was his grandmother. What? No, that was his mom. No. He, sure? called, her, he called her Nana. Or Nana, which is grandma. No, I thought he said mama. I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it was supposed to be his grandmother. I think it's his mom. But I think it's that, his that's not that that's not important. No, actually, I know it's true that it's the mom because they have a specific line in this movie. They they found a way to loophole that, get around that because he said, "I used to envision my mom as an elderly woman." Because he starts talking when he's talking to either Q or to Laris when they're having all those, the trip down memory lane in his psyche or whatever it is. He says that to Laris, saying that, oh, I used to envision my mom as an elderly woman to talk to, pretend that she was. So that's how they got out of it. So that was in TNG, that was, his, that, that's my stance. But anyways, let's continue. So we deal with Picard's trauma. And in the end, the watcher who looks like Laris sacrifices herself for an A. And after, and then Rios... And Rafi and Seven help stop Soong from having drones blow up her rocket ship. And that defeats Soong's plans. He's left in the dust. The Borg Queen steal, steals Rios' ship, which is the ship they used to get back in time. She goes off, but Agnes made a plea to the Borg Queen, saying that they could make a better Borg, because what the Borg deem as weakness, she finds that as a strength, that individuality. And then let's go make a better version of the Borg. They take off. And Picard and Rios, before jumping back into the future, Rios decides to stay behind, saying, Nah, I love smoking cigars, I love the noise, I love the dirt and the grime, and I like this hot chick and her kid, and I'm staying behind, so he's gone. And before they jump back, the Q finally shows up again and says to Picard, I'm dying, this is my goodbye, I did this all this for you, and sent you down this memory lane and investigating your trauma because I don't want you to be alone because Q's dying. They do have a, a touching scene before Q snaps him back. Oh, and let's not forget Elnor... <laughs> was killed on the, at the beginning of the show, on the second episode, and then Q brings them back to life as they return back. And then all is good, and they find out that Rios died in a bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. But apparently lived, he died the way he wanted to live. And what else happened? Then when they get back, and they're back on the ship with the Borg that starts off the show, the Borg queen finally reveals herself to be Agnes. And then she says, let's join hands and stop this threat that's following them through this wormholder conduit. And the fleet and the Borg then put up their shields, stop this threat, and then they say, we're going to stay here and guard this wormhole or conduit from any other threat. And that's it. And then Picard goes back to the homestead or his vineyard, talks to the real Laris, and says, no, I'm ready to have a relationship. And that's where the season ends. Did I get that all right? Is that correct? I think, yeah, I think you actually did a pretty good job. I think you hit pretty much all of the points. I'm pretty sure you got it all correct. Yeah, it's pretty okay. good. Good job. I don't know how you want to talk about this now. I guess just 
What did you like? What did you not? Why don't, why don't we just get it? Uh, okay, well, you know, I really liked the first episode of the season. It seemed to deliver on the promise of the show. And, you know, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, we're on starships. We're in space. Mm. We're wearing Starfleet uniforms. It's mm. Star Trek. Star Trek shit. Awesome. And then the rest of the season happened, and I'm like, why is this, like, it's 10 episodes, I'm like, why is this Star Trek show placed in downtown Los Angeles in 2023? I'm like, that's what I didn't like. Like, the setting was no good. They rehashed so many story points. They basically merged Star Trek Four and Star Trek First Contact. Like, I counted three separate Star Trek Four references, direct references mm-hmm. to Star mm-hmm. Trek Four. I'm like, by the third Star Trek Four mm-hmm. reference in the writer's room, I feel like they should have been like, okay, right, we actually have done this before. Maybe we should rethink this whole thing. And let's talk about that, because the pandemic hit. So these writers, I was listening to a Trek podcast I listened to one podcast halfway through the season. Yep. And they said that writers had additional time because the series was paused pandemic. They had the show ready, every episode written. Yeah. And then they went back and were able to rewrite or reconsider episodes and the storylines. They essentially had a whole other year to really hash this out. Wow. Before filming began. Well, I guess there's such a thing as too much time. Mm. You know, I, I know there's certain limitations when they're making the show. I assume a lot of it revolves around... Oh, budget. Patrick budget. Stewart. Well, yeah. budget and Patrick Stewart's availability, right? I mean, he's... Obviously an older guy now, and he, he likes to work. And from all accounts, like he is, he's game, right, to, to work. But there are limitations when you're a certain age. So I assume a lot of it's like, hey, you've got Patrick Stewart for X amount of hours for X number of days, and you've got you've to make it work. And there's only so much you can do with complicated sets and special effects and costumes and all that stuff, right? You kind of, you need to make it work. So I just felt, the show felt like it had had limitations outside of normal limitations for a TV show, like for a high-concept sci-fi show, you know? The kind of limitations you'd see in a show like like the CW's Roswell, for example, you know? Where it's like, okay, well, we have this one back lot. we got to make it fit. felt like that. A lot of it felt like that. I think that's budget. So you probably know this, but don't. Star Trek Picard's rating in Season 1, you even said it started off very strong. I recall you mm. said that very specifically when viewing Season and I did some research, and that is true. But uh, halfway through Season 1, it lost more than half of its audience. By the time the show ended, it had a third of its audience than when it originally launched. Mm. And I'm wondering, because of that, budget, to me, would play a serious role in its setting. And that's probably the reason why they wanted to go back. There's a couple of reasons. I think they, you know, they, Patrick Stewart's doing this also. I want to talk about what they were trying to go for and what they were trying to do going back in the past. Because they could have done anything they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. to set it in basically current our current time and saying here identifying certain social issues that are going on. I don't think they did a very good job discussing these things. But I think that was a driving force for the backdrop. And I think that they said, let's do this because we also don't have money. So the complaints about it being in space, a bunch of special effects. I think the first two episodes, especially the first episode, looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think they blew their budget right there. It's done. Yeah. Right? So that's why. I'm just giving you the backstory. It, Picard is not a successful show in terms of viewership. So I think that's also part of the problem. 
I don't think it's done the worst from Wintel, but that, that's just what, but I mean, I pretty much. It's hard to say because the metrics, it's hard to say because the metrics for streaming are, like they are different, right? So. They are different, but there is some analytical software that's out there that does look at cable ratings and digital only streaming. And so even looking at digital only streaming ratings, they're not, season one did not do well. But the funny thing is, season two was doing, I don't know how it ended. Season two was that I found interesting. Anyways, forget about the ratings aren't important anyways. It doesn't matter. It's about the quality storytelling. But how about, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, I'm really tired of Star Trek and this, this is coming from ever since we were having new Trek with JJ Abrams Trek. I feel like the interest is not in space anymore. It's about, let's bring it down to, a pl- like, if Star Trek does the type two, it's hard to complain, but we've had this complaint where it does, it's not, they don't want to be in space. They want to be on Earth or somewhere else, right, on a planet, right? Yeah. They don't do a lot of trekking in Star Trek anymore, and I think it's also no. right here. No, not at all, which is terrible. I agree with most of what you said there. Why don't we segue and talk about Picard himself? And one of the complaints that I had, and I can't recall if you had the same feeling, season one, is that Picard was not the center of attention at all in his own show. Now he is, giving him a complete story arc to go from start to finish with Q and with his trauma. Let's talk about that. What are your thoughts on this whole journey for Picard the and, first thing, and his mother? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind with Picard, he didn't, because, you know, I'll, I'll watch TNG episodes on a fairly regular basis just because... It's TNG, you know, like I'll watch episodes. And while I'm fine with the idea that, you know, obviously this is 30 years later and he's a different guy, he's older, but I don't see any resemblance to Jean-Luc Picard that we know. It's just Patrick Stewart playing Patrick Stewart at this point. Yes, that is a big plaint that I have. And as I said, I, I listened to another podcast. I listened to their episodes half of the season. And the same podcast was talking about season, I'm sorry, season two, and then talking mm-hmm. about season one is, uh, itself. And it's the same thing. He's not, it feels like it's a good character. And it's a well, completely yeah. different character. Completely. He's such yeah. a, like, I'm fine that it seems like he's certainly softened up in his, in his elder years, which, I think is also fine. That actually tracks for me if you watch his arc yes. through the films. Exactly. I like the fact that he's kind of soft. He's a little bit more of a soft. Yeah. And I actually think that that tracks just with humans. I think yeah, we're, a bit, for sure. we're a bit more hard-nosed and hard-edged when we're younger. And then as you grow older, you gain that wisdom and experience, you become soft. Right. My, my dad was very much like him. So that part of the character fits, but the rest of that character that would be decisive and confident and I don't know, I'm trying to think of the other qualities Picard has. Like, what was great about Picard of old is he had all of these uh, these characteristics and, and, you know, Patrick Stewart being such a great actor, able to, to really explore all of those facets and make you buy it. You know, he was in command, he was decisive, he was confident. He was a bit distant from his crew, but not necessarily cold. He still had a no. warmth to him. Oh, of uh, course. His capacity 100%. for empathy was limitless. His loyalty, uh, his intellect, and his ability to problem solve from many different facets where he could be logical, but he could also be very thoughtful and very emotional. Well, still, a good example, so we just watched uh, Time Zero, Parts 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can maybe comment on this timeline, because I don't understand. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah. finish your that, train that of thought right now. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that part when we talk about the Guinan. But there's that scene where they go to uh, Davidia 2, and 
Picard's putting together the away team, and Data is, like, surprised that he doesn't, you know, and he calls Picard into the uh, ready room, and Data's like, you know, it's standard procedure for the second officer to come to the away team, and Picard's like, yeah, but, you know, we'll take some precautions, and, and uh, they have the conversations. Clearly, Picard's like, you know, I don't want to send you down there to die. And Data has the line, it's like, you know, one cannot cheat fate. And Picard says, well, we can certainly give it a try. So that was one of those moments of, for Picard where he's clearly acting irrationally. I think he even says the line. He's like, well, we'll be irrational because he's emotionally connected to, to Data, obviously, the situation, but he still has that decisiveness and that, that loyalty is coming through. And, and that all really fit really well. That makes him who we all love, right, and admire. And a lot of those qualities aren't here. No. You know, it's just the empathetic Picard. He's the softy Picard. But all that other stuff that made him so great. Well, as a role model, too. Like, he, he was a huge role model yourself, I'm, uh, I could tell, yeah. and me as well. And, mm-hmm. and, and many other people. And I don't find any of that here, that confidence self. Again, he should be driving the entire narrative. What, yeah. I, what I was hoping about this show would be, and one of the reasons why you wouldn't want the other TNG crew there, because that was an ensemble. Everyone's helping each other. And I know that he can't do things alone, but I really wanted him to drive every last season and this season. And he yeah. hasn't done that at all. It's just been he's kind of fallen no, ass backwards not, in, in most of the case, right? He's, he drove a little more this year than he did last year. You're right. Last year, season one, he, he was a bit ass backwards into things. This year, I found, like, he drove more this year, but it didn't It didn't pay matter. Off. It didn't know it didn't pay off. No, it didn't pay off. You know, the strange thing is that they also didn't address that he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm actually just a copy uh, 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 in a robot body. Yeah, even, even Q didn't say anything about it. I think he he had one line where he referenced the robot body, but it was a throwaway line. Oh, really? Because that, I found that that was very interesting. Pretty much the entire season did not address that uh, you're actually dead. You just have memory ingram, ingrams of, yeah, exactly. uh, of Picard. <laughs> you're just a personality construct. You're not actually exactly. Picard. Well. I don't know. I guess it depends on... Those are metaphysical questions that they should have addressed last season and didn't. Well, they could have addressed it this year, too. Yeah, I guess they could. I mean, that's a whole season in and of itself, I suppose. I'm willing to overlook it because Star Trek's done that kind of thing before, and... I'm really? willing to overlook it, but I'm not, Q should not have overlooked it the way you Yeah, well, I think maybe the showrunners for this season were like, let's just kind of pretend that didn't happen, guys, okay? Yes, okay, exactly. Cool. Yeah, let's that's go. exactly right. Yeah. They're saying, that was a mistake, we shouldn't have killed them all. And it was so weird that they did that last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wait, you did what? Yeah, and we got season two coming, <laughs> so... I guess I think Star Trek leads us to believe that because again this isn't the first time it's happened it's not going to be the last that still you like your essence is still there whatever it is so okay I guess I'm okay with it you know yeah, I don't yeah, I don't love it but I'm willing to we can let that go. yeah I'm willing yeah, to let it go. For, for the sake of conversation I guess the question is did this arc work for you I know you're talking about Picard's just an empathy Picard now just forget about that we wanted to see more of the card the confidence self and it's just empathy did this arc work in terms of the character card and in terms of the story well okay so are we talking about the arc with his his past with his, yeah, with his that's right. parent because um, I think that's really the main MacGuffin driving force 
of this story in the season. Parts of it worked for me, uh, mainly that I didn't expect, like they, they set it up to be him dealing with abuse, right, from his father. We, I think we always, we always had the impression that his father was a, a tough man. A tough man, but not abusive. Yeah. And, and, we you, never, and, and you talk we about never Patrick, knew. no, you didn't know, but you brought up a good point before. Patrick Stewart wanting to be Patrick Stewart, and I know you're a big Patrick Stewart fan. I'd be surprised if you did not know that he had, there was domestic violence in the household growing up as he grew up. So his yeah. father abused his mother. He later found out, like, like hit her a few times or got drunk and stuff like that. And that affected Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart later, like, it resented his dad, but later understood because his dad was a war veteran and he was suffering through PTSD or shell shock. And it all of that wasn't known at that time. What is shell shock? What is PTSD? And so he drank and drank and drank and that's to deal with him. That's what caused the domestic violence. It's not an excuse. I'm not trying to make it an excuse. But I think that that's the reason why Patrick Stewart wanted to tell this kind of story. Yeah, and, it's almost and I, like therapy for him. And I'm and I'm fine with that. Like the show's called Star Trek Picard, so presumably it's going to be a, a character piece, and we're going to learn things about Picard. So I, I, I mean, I didn't read any commentary, or I, I don't know what the general views are about it. From the I don't really care about Star Trek fandom because Star Trek fans are are people. It's a <laughs> Yes, they are. Yeah, they are human beings. Very and they sweet. have they have opinions. So I was okay with it because that's originally how it was playing out. Is that it was going to be a story of abuse when in reality it wasn't that. It was it was a mental wellness story. Like his mother was unwell. His father did Baltar guys Baltar. Yeah, guys Baltar. By the way, it was a was a lovely twist. By the way, <laughs> I love. I, I looked at him. I'm like, God damn, is that guy's Baltar? Like, he looks so familiar. I did not recognize yeah. him at first. Me too. Me too. I'm like, oh, I know him. I know him. And at first, I'm like, Oh, guy's Baltar. I'm like, No, they wouldn't do that. I'm like, No, that's totally him. And obviously, that's him. I love that. That's the twist that he's Picard's dad. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I love that. So Picard is a Cylon, is what you're saying? Yeah, he's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he is a robot. He is a yeah. Cylon. There you go. <laughs> um, which I thought was a fun twist. I, I really like him as an actor uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love Battlestar. Battlestar's great. But uh, what it turns out, because he's a child, right, he doesn't understand what's going on. You don't, you wouldn't understand mental illness when you're that age, right? So Does Hollywood even understand mental illness? No. Capable? No, they don't. So they that was don't. another problem I have, too. Well, I mean, there's certainly enough mental illness in Hollywood. You'd think they'd understand it. I don't know. I thought they treated it fine. It might have been a bit extreme. Like, he, you know, he finds his mother's body if she's hanged herself in that atrium there. I was fine with that arc. I thought they did a reasonable job with it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if this was a TNG episode, they would have wrapped this up in 43 minutes. Yes. You know, like, it dragged it, on. It dragged. It much. dragged. Oh, my God. Yeah. It dragged. And that whole episode of with Gaius Baltar. It was like one or two episodes, right? Yeah, he was there a in the in his mind, but in the dungeon of the house, yeah, the tunnels yeah. and all that. Oh my god, that dragged on. For this, this I mean, the whole series, this whole ten episode season, that's a two parter on TNG at most, right? No, I mean, not even. I mean, I was going to say like, okay, this is this whole season. That's an episode. That's forty three minutes of TNG, and I'm like, well, there's a lot there. Maybe a two parter. If that's you're including it. the time travel and the board? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm including everything. You could yeah. do all of that. That's all, that's two part. And so, but I, I think that, like that, 
kind of diminishes it because it, it like it, it dilutes it because we kept seeing the same things over and over again with the story of his mother and stuff and and I don't know that we got a good emotional connection to his mother I don't know that we got I felt a better uh, a more emotional connection with his father almost because he wasn't in it so much we just got a few moments with him but he did a really good job so felt that connection there and I was also wondering where's his brother that's the other thing I was going to bring up let me jump in so I appreciate the story and I appreciate if this is Patrick Stewart saying, hey, I want a vehicle where I want to explore this because maybe he's got some bins in the closet. That's fine. But you have to be true to the character. We've already established part of the family struggles that he's had is that he wanted to be an explorer. He was looking to the stars, right? That you have a great episode of family. You have, and, and then the brother sides with the father. And it would have been interesting and nice if they started it off the way how the mom was the supportive one look to the stars and I I wish they crafted a story more around even though it was already explored in family I think that they could have crafted a story just with that and that's why there was such a huge problem with his brother right you know like you could have done a more deep exploration on the family trauma and how it could have divided the family and caused some struggles between the father and the mother as a result, and that's another reason why he couldn't forge a relationship. Instead of this, my mom hanged myself, hanged herself. And that fits more in line with what, because it's only briefly touched on, very, very briefly, even though it was masterfully done in the episode of Family, when he goes back to visit his brother and the nephew. But I thought that, that's my instinct. I, I'm writing the show. Someone throws the shit in front of me. Why aren't we doing this? Here's the reason why they're not doing that, though. I get what you're saying, but they did it in that episode, and it was... But not about the, the struggles between the no, mom but, and the dad. But right? the... Right, but, like, just with the brother. With the brother, they, yeah. They, with needed the brother. To do, they needed to, like... Like, they did that, and it was perfect. I know, but then this... So, this to, but this, to me now, makes all of that almost meaningless now, too. That well, it certainly... It certainly makes less sense. Like, where no. is this brother? Because the no. brother's older, right? Where is he? Doesn't exist. He burned to death in Gallivant the fire. Yeah. to death in the fire. <laughs> It's, these things happen, Jeff. Which fire again? Like, was, uh, there was burn evidence at the estate. Was there? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they did a lot of things in this in this season. Like, the writers are aware of Star Trek's past. We know that because they reference several times other things. And yet, in other times, it's like, didn't you guys watch the show? Exactly. Right. It's like it's like in Galaxy Quest when when Sam Rockwell is like, "Did you guys ever watch the show?" Yeah. I'm not happy with this story. I feel it just isn't necessary. If they wanted to tell a trauma story about relationships, I really don't think that they should have gone back. I mean, I know that that makes a lot of sense if you're talking about trauma. Usually, is when you're a child and how it impacts your life. It's not that that doesn't make sense. I just felt that, as you said, there was already that story and that piece of how Picard is with his family, and that you didn't need to add this other unnecessary layer. I felt it wasn't necessary. Here's the, and we can we can move on after this, is I'm fine that they wanted to do this. I'm totally okay with it. If they had done a better job, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Or rather, the conversation we'd be having was, man, they did a good job with that. And, it, and we yeah. wouldn't be talking about it, it's irrelevant, or they, you could have done that, this, that, whatever, it doesn't make sense. The reason we're having that conversation is because... It they didn't, didn't do it yeah, justice. They didn't hit it. They didn't no. hit it at all. No, it just, no. It, it was all, it's like, okay, it's we get it. 
But Star Trek, Star Trek also, you know, talks about problems. They dive deep into certain things, and they didn't dive deep into mental illness or any of that here. Well, it's just like she's got problems. She got locked up, and then I let her out. She hung herself, and now I don't like having. Uh, I can't. Well, I have trouble foraging. Pretty know. much, that's the end of. There's no exploration of anything. I don't know, man. I think. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I think they encourage a little more reading between the lines. Like, like that's not exactly what they said. It's. What they implied. One of the problems of the season is kind of part of what you just said. We're like, Star Trek deals with things like this, right? Lots of things like this, lots of other things. But part of the whole point of Star Trek, the genesis of it from the beginning, was we take things that are hard to talk about. Whether in the 60s it was hard to talk about because you couldn't talk about it straight up. Whether it, racism or... They had to beat it up. Economics. You, you had to do the sci-fi lens in order to talk about it. Because otherwise, the censors wouldn't put it on TV. The network wouldn't agree to put it on TV. That's right. So you, you had to do this. You had to do it through a science fiction lens. But that was... That was a good thing because that was that's why it's so good, right? Yeah. TNG, same thing. You got a little bit more latitude because you can put more things on TV. No, but, but they, the but they kept they kept, they kept the same thing. That's which right. is the right right thing to do. It's the right it's the right thing to do because it's it's, it's an allegory. Otherwise, it's just right. You're slapping, Otherwise, it's slapping me in the face with it. Yeah, right. You're just slapping like, in the face with it. exactly. Yeah. You know, and we can talk about the other series. We don't need to, but th- that that's kind of what Star Trek does. Is it's like takes this thing and it tells a science fiction story. So that you can kind of get out of your head over it and experience this cool sci-fi story. But and then make you think about some other things, yeah. It does a good job of helping you to examine things from a different angle that you wouldn't have thought of before. Because if you just do it straight out, it's just straight out. So that means that you're going to have the same viewpoint of it before you watched it than, than after. It's just, it's just it's straight at you. Whereas the sci-fi lens, it brings you in and it kind of hits you from the side you're not expecting. Exactly. But this, right they're, they're not this coming in from the side. No, well, it's not a Star Trek story. It's no. not a sci-fi story. Admittedly, yes. you know, a sad story is not too pointed because of how they tell it. It's a sad story of a boy who, who loves his mother. His mother has a mental illness that he doesn't understand because he's not old enough. He doesn't get it because he can't comprehend that stuff. And so these things that happen to him that it's very scary, it's very frightening, and he can't understand it because he doesn't have the capacity to do so. His father's distant, so he can't, so his father can't help his son understand it, so he can't deal with that trauma, so he kind of suppresses it a little bit. All of this, this is good stuff. This is good, real-world things that people have to deal with, but when you just shoot it straight in the bullseye, it doesn't resonate with any of us. Because we're like, yeah, duh, trauma. Oh, well, she hanged herself in front of him. Of course, that'd be traumatic. Who gives a shit? They didn't do the sci-fi thing where they could no. take it side and hit you sideways with it, and then it's really poignant, which is well, what Star Trek has always been good at. Exactly. So this, what the, yeah. so what this was, it's a, it's just sappy melodrama. It's yeah, actually, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like a soap a opera. It, it's soap opera. Yeah, Essentially, yeah. they've turned this, what the card went through here is a soap opera. It's what you'd find on some... Well, yeah, I mean, she didn't come back to life and he didn't have amnesia and an evil twin brother, but... There's always season three, Jeff. It, it didn't quite get to... He's his own evil twin brother. Yeah. So he's his own evil android twin brother now. Yes. Um, which, shit, they should just do that. Yes, that's what they should do. 
Or a version of Picard. Wouldn't well, that be great if, like, in season three, real Picard comes back because he's not actually dead, and this is, like, the lore version of Picard we've watched in season two, and then we can get a real Star Trek nemesis where he has to actually fight his evil twin? Wouldn't oh, that be something? Uh, I would. I'd be all up for that. Get into that. Make maybe. it happen. Make yeah. it happen. I don't want to talk about this storyline anymore, but I do want to point out that I'm not saying Picard would not have trouble forging relationships, but I think the show did a good job onto why. Because because of who he was as a person, like he's also the captain, so he he was he had to kind of be not in charge is not the right word, but he had to be he couldn't be compromised. There was an episode where he had that girlfriend flute, and once mm-hmm. he was with her, he yeah, Commander Darren, yeah, Commander Darren, and you also forget that he lived a whole life in the Inner Light episode with the family. So I find that they went down a path, it's like just you said, did they not watch the show? And it's like, you know, he's saying, because he has no answers. Guiding guiding straight up and says, you know, well, why can't you, what's the problem? He goes, he can't even say, I don't even know. He's just like, eh. Yeah. You know, like, I don't okay, know. what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of odd. That's all I wanted to say. I wasn't a fan of any of this. Because the main thing is, it didn't also give me any real great new insight into the character. This, again, is it felt like it's just an exercise for Patrick Stewart to do something that he wanted. And that's certainly true. I'm not going to blame him for that. Like, he's like, hey... I'm on the show, like, if you want me on the show, which obviously they do, and he's saying, like, okay, here's some of the things I want to explore. Also fine, you know, like, it's Patrick Stewart, he's going to do the show, he's not going to do the show otherwise, we'll explore the things he wants to explore. Totally fine. But these aren't hard, like, these are meaty things that a good writer can sink their teeth into and turn into a good story. Yes. You can do it. Yes, I, I just, I just don't know why they struggle so much with it, you know? No. Okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about the other characters and what they went through. I want to save Agnes for last. Let's talk about Seven and Raffi in their arc or their scenes from beginning to end. Sure. So they obviously start off a little estranged in their relationship. So I think Seven's still the ranger at the beginning of this one, right? Yeah, that's right. She, I think they reference like she tried to come back to Starfleet or what go to Starfleet, but it didn't work out. Yeah, because they said they don't allow Borg into Starfleet because they're yeah. that scare, even though wasn't their previous Borg Starfleet person in season one? The eye ripped out? Yeah, because he was one of, for fans of Star Trek Voyager, he was one of the Borg children they rescued. Mm-hmm. And so he joined Starfleet and suffered a horrific end in season one. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have forgot that little point in season one, but that's okay. And then throughout the season, or this season, so Rappi's really, really affected by Elnor's death. And I'm going to say this right now, when Elnor died at the beginning, even though I knew he'd come back at the end because it's all time travel, I did the biggest fist pump I've ever done in my life <laughs> when Elnor fucking died. Yeah, yeah Dime Store Orlando Bloom should never have been on this show in the first place. He was a real waste of skin. Yes. And I feel, but I, I mean, I feel bad for that kid. Yeah. So do I. Yeah, so do I. It's like, yeah, because uh, it's like they, no, they basically acknowledge that he sucked. Yeah. They rose Tico'd him. Yeah. They jar jarred him. They, they worse than jar jarred him, man. They worse than rose than they, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right, I'm trying to think of the right analogy, but uh, brutal. Poor guy. Brutal. Again, don't feel too bad about him. He was the Sean, he was the Sean Bean of the Star Trek universe. No, don't give him that, that kind of credit. He didn't suffer that kind of death. No. Sean Bean would die much better death. Yeah, I wish Sean Bean was just in the show and it was called Star Trek Sean Bean. And that would be fucking awesome. 
It'd only be one episode long because you get killed right away. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'd watch that episode. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what do you think? So then they, while they're dealing with the Agnes situation as the board, I think they're kind of mending their relationship. And I think at the end, they're okay. I think that, yeah, they kind of said that they're, they're kind of good, and it kind of ends there, right? We're talking about Seven and Rappy. Yeah. yeah, man, I guess. I think they thought at the end of season one there, that Seven and Raffi had chemistry. And they don't. And they don't. And then they knew they didn't. They couldn't even pretend that there was chemistry there. And it's a real shame, because individual, like, I love Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm. Jerry so Ryan's still a fucking comet, man. She looks great. And uh, she was she's actually good a very good actor. I'm not a fan watch, of the other one. Though. When you go back and watch Voyager, Jerry Ryan's lights out. And considering why they brought her on to the show wasn't for her acting chops. But she was Voyager or here? And Voyager. They didn't yes. bring her on to Voyager oh, for sure. her acting chops. For sure. But yeah. she was lights out on that show. I love Jerry Ryan. She and was awesome. She, and she's still killing it. Yep. And I like Raffi as well. I don't know that. I don't know her name. I don't know her real Michelle, name. Michelle Hurd. Michelle Hurd. I liked her in season one. You know, she's not shooting the lights at or anything, but I, I liked her quite a bit. So I liked both of them individually. No chemistry. Zero chemistry together. So they didn't even really play up the fact that they had become a couple. They were almost like it. The show was, strangely enough, embarrassed to admit that they were Yeah. Couple. Why? I didn't no, know. I don't know. Hit it. Didn't make guess. any sense. Like, like same-sex relationships, especially on, like, a streaming service or a cable, like, same-sex relationships, guys, are old news. Yep. So you don't need to be embarrassed for it, but yeah, it did not work at all. It's a real shame because again, like I like both of them. I think that they're both really good, and the material they were given was really sub substandard. And it was it's bad. a real shame. Yeah, it was. It was real bad. Shame. They had nothing. So I think we agree on that. I don't want to. We we do, and it's and I just I, and not to belabor the point, but I was such a delight. In season one, I remember like a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and I'd gone to a pub with Carly and Nathan. I think it was the first full trailer for Picard season one. It dropped. And there's Jerry Ryan in that trailer. I didn't know, you know, like that was, that was the reveal that she was going to be in the show. I was like, wow, like what a bold choice. So happy that she's, that we get to see seven and nine again. And like when she was announced series regular for season two, I'm like, okay, like I'm all in for this. Was such a great choice. I loved it, and what a waste! A waste, complete waste. Yeah, what a waste. A complete waste of both. I'm not saying Michelle Hurd is a bad actor. I'm just not a fan of the character. So, mm. but again, that's because they had given her nothing. No, she just cries, cries over Elnor, and that's yeah, were much they it. were they even friends? <laughs> they tried to make us think they were screen between oh, yeah, seasons because yeah, I was like, why am I just so? I mean, you know, the guy you know, sure, you're not happy that he got shot. But it's all for Elnor. We gotta do it for Elnor, Jeff. I'll pour out some Romulan ale for Elnor. No fucking trash. I'm not wasting a drop of any. Well, you can have. It's a drop of my piss. That's what we get for. Oof, yikes! It's not that bad. I don't want to disrespect you that. <laughs> you don't worry. You got paid well. I'm sure. Well, shit. I hope so. Just strange. Like they are like, well, we don't have anything for you, dude. So we're just gonna kill you off in this first episode, second episode. Mm, this is weird. He just shouldn't really? have been in the. Well, I don't know why they made him a character in the first season. Anyway. No, and then he comes back as a hologram, and he's essentially... You know how they made a distinction in season one that Rios had all these different holograms yes. that weren't Rios? No, they but they were just copies. 
Yeah, because he ran the ship by himself. That's right. But because his crew was all holographic. That's right. So they throw this actor a bone, yeah. and they give, they say, okay, we want Elnor to come back for an action scene. Let's make him a hologram. But he specifically has every single personality of Elnor. It's like, of course it is. Uh, yeah, but it's stupid. Of you can make, no, you can make him look brutal. like it. It's brutal. Well, <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god. I was watching that, and I was just like, well, how come there's only one of them? He's got the situation locked down. Why didn't they do this before? You just have like ten space Legolas holograms with phasers. And like he's why is he even bothering to dodge and hide? Because he was hiding. He's doing the scene. Like why? He's a hologram. Just blink out, blink in, shoot. God, like it was so dumb. It's like uh, they don't even know the rules. They don't even know their own rules. No. He's a hologram. Yeah, and then he specifically goes and picks the weapon, and he says, "Yeah, oh." the sword, and he starts playing with he it. Did the you know, pulp, he like, did the Pulp Fiction thing. Yeah. Bruce Willis like, Pulp Fiction thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was you like, don't need to do that when you're a hologram. No. It was ridiculous. I was laughing when he when he showed up again as a hologram. I was, oh. I had some good laughs. Good belly laughs. Great. It, it's like they don't even, yeah, not good ones, though. Like, good ones, but no. not good ones. No. No, well... I'll say this, I'll say this. So, my sister visited from London, and I was waiting for her to come back, because I knew Key was on the show. So, she she loves, used to, I think, you know, I, I said she used to love TNG. Yeah. And she loves Q. So I said, okay, I'm going to wait. Instead of me watching, I'll wait for her. So we binged the first seven episodes, and then she had to take off back to London. And, you know, she didn't watch the rest. She just read what happened after. Yeah, so, like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, okay, let's talk now about Rios. And <laughs> we can make this real quick. They just wanted to get rid of that character. Holy shit. It's like we got nothing for him to do. He's just a useless character. And they know, I'm assuming... When they were because of that delay, and they filmed season two and three back to back. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about season three. So they knew that he had nothing; and he wasn't going to return. But geez, that's I don't know. That, that just seems disrespectful for a character that they created. I'm just going to stay back, guys. Bye. It's like Poochie. Well, they Poochied him. Yeah, they did Poochie him. They Poochied him. They kind of Poochied him. I'm assuming they're going to Poochie all of them, but I guess that just... And I hate I was fine with Rios in season one. The idea of that character is fine. What's with the cigar smoking on the bridge? Well, now, now, once his own ship is fine, <laughs> he's now captain of the Stargazer. He's, he, he never lights it, but he's got the cigar ready to go at any time. I, I don't know. I, I guess... I, I'm not sure. I, it didn't bother me too much. I mean, I think one of the things the show was trying to do was like, okay, well, let's, like Starfleet, they're so buttoned down and anal life. Let's loosen them up a little bit. Lower well, decks just a little bit. Can I just say something, though? So, you remember that DS9 episode where they go, Tork goes back and goes back in time and to Roswell, and he says, these guys actually inhale smoke, and he's yeah. excited about it because he could make money, right? But, like, he says, like, what kind of race would, on purpose, want to poison themselves. So, Star Trek's always been about that optimistic future of humanity. You know, I don't want to make a comment that people who smoke or vape do meat or people or anything like that, but I feel that Star Trek's always been that light to show the guidance of, you know, being a role model and what humanity can become. Like, because it is stupid that people smoke and are addicted to it. I can understand why they get addicted to it, because it's an addictive substance, but... It says the two guys, like, just brushing whiskey right now. On this podcast. Ah, but I've got pineapple. Oh, it's healthy. The uh, milligrams of vitamin C that are leaching into my sea <laughs> right now. Balance the scales, baby. <laughs> but we've already said many times we're not Starfleet materials. So. Oh, we're not Starfleet materials. <laughs> So, 
No, no, no it's an odd you, choice. You I, know what I, I mean? mean? You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and you're right. But what does that say about Hollywood and society today? It's not just that they don't understand Star Trek. Let, let's preach. Like, they, they need to have someone who's smoking a cigar so people can watch the show and say, I relate to this guy. I think the answer's somewhere in between and might maybe a little bit more complex. My, here's my viewpoint. That, okay, I've got a couple of things that I'll say about it. And maybe they come together, maybe they don't. But one is that the Picard show is their attempt to make, like, a contemporary adult show that's set in the Star Trek universe, right? So it has the elements of that, for better or worse. Like, whether it works or not is, is a different conversation, but, like, that's their attempt, right? Is they're trying to make that type of show with Star Trek characters in the Star Trek universe, right? So when you're doing that, and they touched on this in the first season as well, is sure, when we watch the original series and watch TNG, they sell us on the idyllic perfect paradise that Earth and humanity, that Earth is becoming humanity occupies. They're all great. But, and they did this on Deep Space Nine, you know, like you referenced Quark saying, like, well, who would do that, right? But Quark is also the person on Deep Space Nine who's like, something kind of stinks here. He has the root beer analogy, mm-hmm. which is one of the great moments in Star- yeah. all of Star Trek history. Right? Great scene. Great I scene. Love yeah, I love it. But they hint at the idea on Deep Space Nine that, yeah, that's what Starfleet and the Federation sort of sells, but it might not be true for everybody. Mm -hmm. And in Picard, we get a little bit more of that. When Picard, in season one, Picard first goes to Rappi, she's living in a trailer in the desert, basically. And she's like, yeah, good for you. Like, you've got your vineyard that you could go retire to. Like, this is all I have here. Like, there's more underneath it. Like, the Picard, the Deep Space Nine and Picard are hinting at the fact that, yeah, all of that's kind of true, but it's a little more complicated. There are other things happening. Like, every single person, is like, it's not a homogenous thing where everybody does everything perfectly all the time. Like, we still have criminals. Yeah, but just, that's the difference between good writing and bad writing. No, it's not the difference between good writing and bad writing. It's the difference between, like, what do we think actually makes sense for it? Like, you can good write and bad write anything, but what these shows are saying is like, well, I guess to finish my thought is, these shows, like, Deep Space Nine already hinted at it, and then Picard kind of ran with it as like, ah, there are some wrinkles here. And part of that is, like you were saying, oh, it's just Hollywood people need that. That's not exactly the case, but it's just more, audiences are more sophisticated now. Storytelling, especially on TV, is a lot more sophisticated now. So I just don't think that, and rightly so, I don't think people are going to buy that. Like, we need a little more context for this perfect utopia. Because things happen. And things have always happened on Star Trek. When they say it's the perfect but, utopia, it's never the perfect utopia. See, here's it's the never thing. been. Here, here's so the thing. Here's the there thing. are other things going on. I hear you. There are other things going on. But that root beer analogy that you, get, you talked about, that whole one-on-one between Quark and Garrick there, and Quark was saying it's insidious. Yeah. Assimilating to the Federation's ideals and their culture. You know, they're making that commentary. That it, it, It's just like the U.S. Like, the world relies on the U.S. to protect in a sense. So, mm-hmm. but by, it, but they do it by preaching their ideals as the right way 
and it's insidious, but you can't live without it. That's brilliant writing. And it's not like it's uh, comparing apples to apples here, but you're, we're talking about modern TV. This is the beef I have. It's just like I've got to have a cigar-smoking, cigar-chewing guy on the bridge, tobacco-chewing guy who's going to be spitting in a can, and that's supposed to tell me that now I'm relevant. I'm more no. relevant than I was before. But I don't like that. I, that's no. how I feel when I see something like that. Well, that's it, fine. Different. But here's what I think they're actually saying. And maybe you and I are both doing more, doing the show's work for it. But we knew that Rios had previously washed out, right? Starfleet. So he, perhaps, at least for a part of his life, just didn't turn out to be Starfleet material. He had his own ship. So in that season, in the first season, they're given that, that roguish quality, the cigar, the idiosyncratic holograms that he made versions of himself that he, you know, he's a strange dude. The idea then that, so what we need to reconcile is at the end of it all, as they saved civilization as they know it, once again, is Starfleet's like, you know what? We kind of wouldn't mind if you, like, we'd like you back. So he's like, okay, well, I'm not perfect. I like to smoke cigars, and I like to drink whiskey, and I like to do this other stuff. And so in the idealism of Starfleet, is like we could accept somebody who isn't perfect into the fold because infinite infinite diversity and infinite combinations includes people who have who aren't perfect. Uh, well, no, people I, in, I, I, I agree. agree. People in Star Trek drink drink whiskey. Of course, no, you're so missing the point. You're missing no, 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 no. So Jeff, you're no? missing my point. I'm okay if he smokes a cigar in the quarters. Why is he? Why is he smoking on the bridge? What I don't like about Star, modern Star Trek is that Star Trek, whether it's the original series TNG, DS9, even though they had their fun private moments, it was still run like a military organization formally. You had a certain chain of command. You had a certain way of doing things. You had regulations. I find modern Star Trek, this goes to either Kelvin Universe, Star Trek Discovery, or Picard. It's completely informal. There's no regard for protocol. There's no regard for regulations. And it, it's a, to me, I'm not going to say it's a farce, but it just, I can't take it seriously when they do this kind of shit. And this is a lesser offense. Rio's having the cigar on the bridge in the captain's chair. There's other worse offenses going on in modern Star Trek. But my point is, I'm just, I, I find that we've lost track of the site, uh, of the fact that Starfleet still is, even though it's on a mission of peace and exploration, it still is a military organization. And there's regulations. I can't take the show seriously if they do this kind of shit. So what they do is they sacrifice verisimilitude in favor of making this guy rogue. And you could do the same thing. You want to make him more roguish and like Han Solo, have a seat at him within his quarter smoking up a cigar. I'm all for that. But why on the bridge? Just so to you, make it a little less stiff. Like, for better or worse. But that's shorthand that I don't like. Yeah, it, I, but it is, I mean, you're right. It is shorthand, and that's why they're doing it, because they don't want to take the time to shoot that scene that you're talking about. But they don't even need to. Have him not have the fucking cigar on the bridge, and have him say, I love cigars when he's on Earth. Yeah, you could do that, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's weird. Do, These are I, weird choices that they make, man. I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I, whether it's a good uh, choice or not, I mean, I, I don't care too much about... I mean, if, if the so, guy, was, if the guy so, was smoking a crack pipe on the bridge... Okay, okay well, hold on. Like, right, so, oh, so, so you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? This is, I find, very troubling. You know, we love Star Trek. We want to relate to our characters. We want to be hopeful. We want role models. I'm not saying someone who smokes can't be a role model. But I find it very strange. So we're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
And what do you see on the ads consistently and even all gambling. through gambling? Gambling, gambling, wow. gambling. It's not just the ads. Even in the sports segments, yeah. when they're talking about it, they split away to talk about the betting averages yeah. on the games. Yeah. This is fucking bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. It is completely bizarre. I don't know how this got approved, and I don't know what the fuck it, what's there going on. It must be a new law or something, right? Because I've never seen this before. No, but this is troubling. This is not good. And now you talk about what makes characters relatable in Star Trek, an optimistic, hopeful series where I see Rappi's vaping, this guy's smoking cigars. That's right. She does vape, doesn't she? So, I mean, like, what's really going on here? I don't get it. This is a completely separate topic. It plagues any TV show, anything today. There's, it's not wholesome. And I don't want to be the funny daddy saying that, oh, you can't have this kind of shit. You don't want to be, but you are. Well, fuck you. You know I'm not like that. But anyways, you know where I'm coming from. Well, I, well, I do. And, you know, I'm, I mean, part of me is just my devil's advocate. I didn't need that shit to have, to, to have someone be my role model. Oh, he's very adult. Well, or she's what? very adult. I mean, I like, guess... Like, doing these taboo things. You looked at our star, our heroes growing up, and Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever you want to call it, the majority of our heroes were more of archetype. And in Star Trek, they were more of the people you want to inspire to be. I mean, that's the great thing about Superman. And, I, I, and we're going to get into a complete segue, so maybe we should completely revert back to talking about the season. But I just find this disturbing. You know, well, you talk about moving how much, towards the future. How much, I mean, how much ass did Captain Kirk? Chat back in the day, like how much extra marital sex did he have? That's you know, different. no. If you want to, but if you want to talk about like morality or decency or, or all of that stuff, I mean, I mean, what line are we allowed to cross or not? Like I. Like, I kind of think that's kind of the heart of the matter is that, and Star Trek struggles with this, and part of what's great about Star Trek is that they're able to ask some of these questions, especially as the series, you know, like, kind of kind of wear on, right? It's like morality in the 60s, okay, nobody was smoking on the bridge or anywhere. There was no smoking. There was drinking. And there was definitely fraternizing with the opposite sex in the original Star Trek outside of marriage. Nobody was married. In any of the shows. People were tapping, right? Right? Yeah, in any of the down. shows, right? people were getting down. Yeah, nobody was ever married. People were yeah. getting down all the time. Right, Riker was uh, getting down. Too. Riker was. Yeah, Riker. Riker, Riker did the was a syphilis outbreak, a walking syphilis outbreak, right? That's right. But was you know, and they were, but they're gambling, and they're not gambling with real money, but you know, they're drinking. You know what I mean? Like, okay, they're not doing it on the bridge. Like, we used to smoke a cigar on the bridge. Okay, granted, probably not. Probably outside of protocol, sure. But what else is outside of protocol? Well, Ensign Rowe wearing her Bajoran earring on the bridge was also outside of protocol, right? Is that okay because it's not a vice? So that's not a protocol, it was respect for her culture, so they let her do it. Like, I think there's a lot of examples there where we could say, like, yeah, well, the, the, are they supposed to be role models? I don't know. I think they're supposed to be examples of, like, listen, we understand that people are people, and they're real, and they have their, they have their foibles, they have their vices, but... We can still be the ideal. We can still be the ideal versions of ourselves. And sometimes we slip, sometimes we struggle. This is Superman. But yeah, that's that is. But then do that, show that in a character study of the character but when I, he's not on duty. I don't know. Look at all of Barclay's problems when he's on duty. What I'm saying is, you know, like, Barclay snuck off to the holodeck to jerk off into holograms, but, like, they didn't... <laughs> 
They didn't drum him out of Starfleet, right? Like, no, like no, but that, that, but that, but he's not, he's not doing it on the bridge either. <laughs> no, no, but he's doing, really, he's doing it on duty. But he was reprimanded for it. Well, but he, I mean, he wasn't sense, really, right? he wasn't really reprimanded for it. You know oh. what his reprimand was? His reprimand was, you have to be friends with Jordy LaForge. <laughs> That was his reprimand. Like, who wouldn't want to be friends with Jordy? Look, well, yeah, poor Jordy. But that was his punishment. Like, what I'm saying is that I think now with, you know, part of what you're saying is correct. It's like, oh, modern TV, and they got to do this shit. But it's like, I think audiences now, I think it helps people to see now. It's like, it's easier. You can see yourself in there. This is what's good about Star Trek. Like, I can see myself on there. I'm not a total dirtbag because I like to drink whiskey. I'm not a total dirtbag because I enjoy cigars. Or I'm not a total dirtbag because I fucking vape. Like, I can still be the commander of a starship. Or, like, I can still be better. Like, I can see the journey here. And, again, we're doing the show's work for it here, and it's probably not that warranted. But, like, I don't think it's wrong for them to show these types of humans that are more like us and showing, like, yeah, they're like you. And not only are they like you, but they're not racist douchebags. They have empathy. They can consider other points of view and still enjoy, like, you don't have to assimilate. You don't have to drink the root beer. You can have your cigar and still be fucking awesome. And, like, I think that's a good thing. Like, that, that's not that's, so stiff. That's fine. I'm okay with that message, Jeff. I think I just wish it was shown differently instead of, I don't know. I think I've, we've talked enough about it. I just wish it was shown differently. But thematically, what you're saying is great. And I'm all for that. I just wish it wasn't in your face like the way they Yeah. I, I mean, you're, I mean, that's the storytelling in, in the, yeah. Let's wrap Rios up. He had nothing to do. They wanted to talk about immigration very briefly. Okay. And then they drop it. And then he says, this place is great. I want to stay. I dig the wife and kid. And this place is for me. And he stays behind. They get rid of the character. So all of that. Anything you want to talk about? I actually like Rios. I like his character. Mm, so do I. Fine, fine with the actor. Good with the actor. He's actually my favorite yeah. out of anyone on this show. Me too. I was fine with his arc here with the, him, him deciding to stay behind. It's fine with it. But the fuck episode where he gets rolled up by immigration was the worst Star Trek episode in history. Code of Honor could still take the cake. Is it really, well, is it really are, worse? Right? Than, is it really worse than Up the Long Ladder? Yes, it's worse than Up the Long Ladder. Code of Honor, you, okay. Code of Honor has got the crown and will never relinquish. But let's unpack that episode real quick. So he beams in a la Kyle Reese. Falls into an alley, gets injured, and he goes to that clinic. And so Ice rolls him up. He gets thrown into a, a cage on a bus. Away he goes. All right. So the show is saying, hey, guys, immigration and customs enforcement are a bunch of assholes. And I'm going, no shit. Anybody who's watching this show is a Star Trek fan. And Star Trek fans aren't Republicans. So, yeah, everybody thinks, yeah, these guys are assholes. Great. Thanks for the fucking newsflash. So what happens in this episode, Ari? Picard and... Who's Picard hanging out with? Was it Gerardi in this episode? Anyway. All I know is around this time, that's when he has a breakdown. Okay. Good. What happens... So Seven and... What's her name? Get in a SUV. They steal the cop car mm -hmm. because the transporter's not working. And they're chasing the immigration bus to get Rios back because it's bad that he's going to get deported. And then they get stopped eventually. And then the transporters work. Because you were like, how did he escape again? Well, they beam out, and they beam to the bus, and they get him out of the bus. 
And they beam back to the ship. Right. Or something. So that whole episode of them chasing him was pointless. All they need, literally, if they had done nothing, nothing, if they had just sat in the ship, literally done zero things, they could have sat in the ship and stared into space for 45 minutes. The outcome of the episode would have been exactly the same because the transporter eventually gets fixed and they get beamed out there and they could save Rios. That was a whole episode of this 10 episode. This was 10% of this season was them doing something that had absolutely no point whatsoever. No point. And it was and, a and, whole lot of horseshit. Yes. And you're not really saying anything. No. Um, they said nothing. Because I want to make a statement. I mean, I don't exactly agree with what you said about Republicans and rules. I think Republicans can like Star Trek too. I don't think that's a Star Trek thing to say, yeah. but let's move on. I just don't think that they had anything to say here except immigration bad, and that's it. There's immigration there's good and deportation bad. And ICE bad. ICE bad. And was, Trump was bad. And yes. that was a point on the chalkboard in the writer's room. Wall, yes. Trump, let's make a statement on that, and they concocted an episode to say this. And what a deft job they did at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like no kidding, guys. Like, thanks, thanks for the fucking newsflash. Good job, mm. real good job. It was terrible. While you're on that, because we already talked about Rafi Seven, they didn't spend an episode on it, but then they also talked about because Guinan's also talking about this place sucks, humanity sucks. They talk about here's homelessness in L.A., which is a big problem. But, yeah. um, not just in L.A., Seattle, other places, anywhere, everywhere. But they say, look. It's bad. Our future's good. We're going to take care of this shit. But they're not talking about it. That's not Star Trek. No. So that's that. Yeah. They've already done this better in several episodes. Well, at least in one in particular, that the Deep Space Nine. The Bell Riots. The Bell Riots. Yes. So thanks. We've already covered this. Yes. And it's fucking ridiculous. I, I don't understand. It baffles my mind if you're saying these are good writers. Like, you, we talked about, isn't Michael Chabon still here? No. No? No. He was the showrunner for season one. He was around for, I think he was around when they kind of, like, generally broke season two, but then he, he departed to do his own thing. So, different showrunner. I can see why he departed, because this is garbage. Yeah, well, it's not good. No. Well, you're not saying anything. You're pointing out, no, look, right. that's bad. Our future's good. We're going to fix it. What's your statement? What are you, what are you yeah, doing with it? They're just pointing at things. Yeah, they're pointing. Look! Yeah. Look bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, look bad. We know. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Because we're yeah. all fucking confused right now. There's no allegory. It's like, as you said, Republicans yeah. created this problem. Yeah. That's bad. But this so is Hollywood, which is completely liberal, um, saying, look, this is bad. We know how to fix it, but they don't say anything about it. Hollywood. Yeah, it's it. And it's funny, like, because you're right, like, Hollywood is generally perceived to be very liberal, but it's also a bunch of rich white guys. So, like, <laughs> yeah. There's no understanding of the subject matter. So that's exactly. They're just like, well, why can't you just not be that thing? It's like, well, it's easy for you to say, man, because you're rich and white. Yeah. Like, what well, are the fuck? What are your fucking solutions, dude? Like, you're the one lobbying to pay no taxes. So, like, you've got what? How many Cayman Islands accounts? Like, fuck you, dude. Like, what's your fucking solution? They don't have any because they don't. Well, they, they don't have to give right. me a solution, but then at least concoct a story where it's worth saying, pointing this out, or give yes. me the allegory saying we've there's a sci-fi lens to this, as you've said. So, That's right. But now I'm in real earth, seeing what I'm seeing outside of downtown of my own city, and it's like. Okay, thanks. So what's the point? So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Enough of Rios. Let's get into what, in my opinion, is my favorite aspect of the show, or at least part of it, is Agnes. 
So finally, Allison Pill's given something slightly more enjoyable to do instead of killing what's his face, <laughs> oh, uh, and then uh, throwing up. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, she yeah. just straight murdered. Yeah, the fuck is that guy's name? The guy who went in to try Dana. Right? Yeah, yeah, or just take Dana. Yeah, Maddox. Maddox. Yeah, yeah Bruce Maddox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just straight murdered Maddox. But it's cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And I'm okay with her not going to prison or anything like that because the future is all about rehabilitation. Yes, I agree. I mean, no, but I I Harris to prison for what? Nothing. She murdered a dude in cold blood. She doesn't have to go to like you know how they got around that or something. Do you know how they got around that? They said essentially, I I pleaded mental not mental illness but insanity. And I got off. They don't try to rehabilitate her. I think they did saying she had to go through something and she, because of killing Maddox, she was talking to the guy who was hitting on her. She yes. wasn't having any of it saying, I messed up, I had to go through, through all this crap and no, I'm not interested. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they didn't do a good job with her. Oh, through the whole show? No, no, no. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that her, their rehabilitation didn't take. No, she still has some psychotic. Yeah, uh, she's, <laughs> she's got some issues. Yes. But. I did enjoy the Borg Queen, surprisingly. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, she did a really good job. She made me forget about Alice Krieg. If that's For me, that's the Borg Queen. That's the Borg Queen, yeah. So when I see someone else playing the role, and I know, I'm assuming you agree the Borg Queen can be a different body. You jump, jump, oh, yeah. whatever you yeah. want. So yeah, I'm fine. that fits into canon. I'm okay with that. So we have a new person playing the board queen, but she did a really good job. Yeah, I thought she was, I liked her. she was probably the strength of the the season, surprisingly. She was at least put the most effort. She was she chewed up the scenery, like she was given it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she did yeah. the most with the with not a lot. Yeah, she was good. I liked her quite a bit. Okay. So tell me, Agnes, she ends up as merging with the board queen. She gives a Kirk slash Picardian speech about we could be better. Let's merge. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love that part. That's very Star Trek. Let's do one better and generate a new board. Because what you perceive as weakness, it's actually a strength. Yeah. Humanity and individuality. Let's do something different and then they go off. So what do you think about that whole storyline and how it started, the middle, that whole, I need some batteries. Car, yeah. Car batteries. And then that okay. Borg, that Borg fight. Ooh, which was terrible, by the way, at the ship. Like, leading, I think it was episode 8 or episode 9, they had to finish off all the work that she oh, simulated. Yeah. That was terrible. Not but, shot that great, yeah. Oh, that action scene, those action scenes were shot terribly. Ooh, terrible. Like you said, budget. Budget. Oh, man. But anyways, what'd you think of her arc? Well, I'm kind of mixed. I mean, the character, like, Gerardi, the character is not... Um, it's not my favorite. And I like Allison Pill quite a bit and other things that I've seen her in. She's pretty solid. She was kind of up and down for me. Like, she was good scenes and not so good scenes. I love the Borg Queen. was good. It's kind of strange, right, that, like, the Picard speech they gave to Allison Pill. And I was a little, like, oh, well. Shouldn't like, that have been Picard? Shouldn't that have been Picard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and especially because it's dealing with the Borg. Yeah, exactly. You would think and that that's Picard should be doing with this, right? It's like, I need, it's like, oh, okay, she's she inspired by Picard, but then I'm doing the show's work for it, and uh, I didn't quite get her motivation for allowing the Borg Queen to merge with her and all, all of that. Uh, wasn't it to save that guy or something? Yeah, the the sheriff or the yeah. deputy or whatever, and she, yeah, the whole thing. It's like, okay, okay, I guess. Like, it's it sort of fits with Star Trek-type motivation, and it was okay. 
okay. It just didn't didn't hit for me. I mean, there's so much going on in the season for ten oh. episodes, and yeah, it just I this know. just didn't didn't do it for me. And they're like, so, okay, well, so fuck you. We're gonna strand you in the past. They're gonna make a deal, and you're gonna be stranded in the past. And I'm gonna go make a Borg thing. It just I was like, what, what? What? So can I ask a question from a Star Trek timeline canon perspective? Yes. Please do. So, so, so one, one is the time arrow with Guinan not remembering anything unless she was feigning the whole thing. Are we going to Guinan now or? Okay, well, we can wait. But let's talk about this then. So she goes, they end up merged and they want to create something new. And this right. is the board queen. Yeah. This is not, this is not what's his face. Hugh creating no. a little offshoot. This is the right. board fucking queen. Yeah. So do any of the events happen now? In the yeah, future, guess, I'm assuming yeah, no. Good question. Well, I guess you'd have to. I guess we'd have to assume that they go so, off to some area of space and they create their own unique board collective, a la Q, and that is not the board collective that we know from Star Trek. This is a different board collective, but this right? is the board queen. Yes, this is the queen. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, but. If it has to be a different collective, though, like they, they're starting from scratch, so it has to her. be. It has to be if you want to hold on to the Star Trek canon that has yes. already transpired. Right. But uh, I look at it. If this is reality and this happened, I mean, no, you, those events wouldn't have happened. Right. <laughs> they wouldn't. Have. So that's no. why you'd have to say like, this isn't the board. It's yeah, another yeah, version. It's yeah. some other thing. Right? So then, why yeah, didn't why didn't the board then? So this is the problem with. TV, and you have to let it go, otherwise there's no story, because they want that twist. Why didn't Gerardi just reveal herself? <laughs> she infiltrates Rios's stargazer with Picard there, and she just, instead of just not saying anything, and starts releasing Dr. Octopus tentacles everywhere, and firing, even though it's stunned, phaser fire, and this is the beginning of the show, she should just reveal herself and say, hey, I need your help. <laughs> Gerardi, by the way, Picard. Anyway. Well, because like, I guess there's no show she, then. There's no show. She, but but she also has the memory of what it's a time loop, right? So she has the memory of what happened. She knows that she can't just do that because then it won't happen the way that it happened, right? Yeah, like she's created through a time loop, so she has to do the thing that. Well, like, you're happen, right. Right. You're. You're. you're, you're know what I mean? Like, right. it's, yeah, I get it. But that. But this is not a time loop. This is more of Q's meddling. That's the problem. It's not cause and effect. It is cause and effect because she's there at the beginning of the in episode one. That's the Borg Queen. That's Gerardi there. She has the memories of what happened on Earth. No, I know, but the whole thing is Picard would have if Q didn't intervene. It's all done. Q intervenes, creates this whole thing, and right, but and then bring, and then brings him back. It's not like here's and going through something back in time. Q's bringing me back to that. Right. So there's no loop. There is a loop because it always happens the way it happens. So like that person, that's always true. Oh, it happens the way bridge, it happens. Right? Yeah, you don't know. So it right. always happened that, right? No, so I, I'm, not, I'm not denying it's not Gerardi. I'm saying why didn't Gerardi reveal herself? But that if that happens, there's no twist for the audience. That's the reality, right? I see what you're saying because if she could have showed up without the mask on, yeah, or they, they say, hey, it's like, Gerardi. What's yeah. up? And actually, that probably would have been better. It's been like, whoa, what's going on here? That would have been interesting. It's Gerardi, yeah, and you don't even know. It's, and you don't even know it's the board. Because they don't have the traditional, if they didn't do the green board tint, you wouldn't know it's the, because they specifically, um, they, you could have done a different ship design. Well, they you did have done whatever they, you want. They did do a different ship design. It didn't look like a board ship. I mean, it had the machine look to it, but it wasn't a cube or, and it was that yeah, that's right. sort of starfish shape, whatever. That's right. Yeah. Looked like it came from Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyways, I'm just saying yeah. that those are different ways to approach the twist, but whatever. I enjoyed her her arc mainly because I enjoyed her action. I, I wanted more <laughs> evil, like the, the kind of like the devil on the shoulder with her. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of fun. Yeah, it, it, it was fun, but I wanted them to play that up, you know. But yeah, that I really really wanted, but they didn't do enough. But I do enjoy the the Star Trek aspect of it. It's like the motion picture. Let's create a new life form. Let's do something different. Let's evolve. And let's evolve the Borg, and here you go. So. Yeah, yeah, I was I was okay with that. Still kind of dark though, because they still assimilate. Presumably, they still inject all of those outcasts with their nanites and assimilate them into a collective, probably by choice, I guess. But still a little like, mm. yeah, it'll be it'll be still by choice, dark. but still a little. It depends. That's our future, man. Nanites are our future, so yeah. you you and I won't be seeing that. But few generations from now, yeah. I don't know if the collective consciousness is our future. Maybe. No, not I guess we already have it. It's called the internet. It is the internet. That's right. I assume that internet will be in your brain. This is like what Kramer said. You take it phone calls in your brain. I don't want that. It's coming. I don't know. 20, 30 years from now. So I'll be know. happy to be dead before that happens. There you go. Fine. All right. Okay, let's go to Guinan. What are your thoughts? Young Guinan, old Guinan. On, on, are we talking about young, yoked Guinan? Is that what we're talking about here? Young Guinan. Wow. She looked like she ate Whoopi Goldberg between deadlift sets. That, uh, <laughs> that shit. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? I just expected her to put Q in a headlock and pop his ball like a pimple, like, I, I'm not sure how I felt about her. I liked her. She was she good. Was I want good. to see her. She yeah, she's great. I want to see her in a bunch more stuff. But why? Where was the moment where she's like, "Yeah, remember that time we met Mark Twain?" Yeah, a couple exactly. Years ago? Uh, That's yeah. right. Who are you? We oh yeah, that, yeah. we stopped that alien invasion that time. Like, why didn't she remember any of that? Like, no, I, I don't know. It was so Be- weird because they clearly say the timeline is not diverged. Until 2024. Yeah. That's why they went back here. Right. So, I guess, I think, I don't know if I read this or if I just, like, made it work in my brain, is, like, the timeline diverges in 2024, which means that future Picard never goes back in time. It means, I guess, that Ghana never went on that adventure with Mark Twain and Picard and Data, so she wouldn't remember Picard. Like, I'm assuming is, that's how is, they got out of it. Is but. that what they... Because that's not but, what they said. They didn't no, say any of that. That's no, me. But I'll say this... I don't think they thought about that at all. As you said, do these guys watch the show? Yeah. So they, they probably didn't even know that episode exists. Well, no, I think they did. I just think that they didn't care that oh, it existed. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. You know what, what actually insults me is I think they watched all of those episodes. I think they know. Because we know that Patrick Stewart watched those episodes. Patrick Stewart knows. We know that Whoopi Goldberg knows the episode she was fucking in. You but know she's, not, they she's, not, she's not in those episodes when she's young. No, no, no. no she's she's in a cameo. She no, no, what I'm saying is that Whoopi knows that she was in Time's Arrow. Yes. Right? Because she loves Star Trek. That's why she wanted to be on Star Trek. She knows every episode she was on because she asked to be on it. And I swear she loves Star Trek. Yeah, that's fine. But I so swear. like when they're doing these, she's they, you know that Patrick Stewart and they're just like whoa 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 like wait we did this. It's like they're like don't worry about it. People who are watching this show won't remember. I feel like that was their attitude. I think you got it wrong. I think you got it wrong. I think that's Patrick Stewart said it. I'm honest so. No, I, I do think so. No, no, because I've seen Patrick Stewart at conventions and he's on fucking point. He knows what the fans know. You're missing my point. He knows that there's that episode there. He knows the fans point it out. He doesn't care. This is minutiae to him. His interest is 
his trauma story, why he's here. He doesn't care about that stuff. But then they don't need Guinan. Well, you didn't need Guinan anyways. But they don't need Guinan now. No. They didn't need her in this series. They did her back because it's... They, no, he, because he, they wanted to, or whatever it is, pay tribute or do anything. So if you're doing that... It's a publicity stunt. It's a publicity stunt for Patrick Stewart. It's to bring awareness to Picard. He goes on The View, and I saw that episode because it was on YouTube, and I think they were showing it as part of the publicity for kickstarting Season 2, or announcing Season 2, is that he goes on The View and says, he announces, asks her there, will you be part of this? It's publicity stunt. It's not about the for the sake of good storytelling. No. He's trying to get viewership. He's trying to get viewership. Paramount Plus wants people to subscribe. That's what this is all about. Hey, that's hard. No problem. Do that. Do that. All for that. You got to promote your show. Promote your show. But then they make the decision to what she's in. How many scenes is she in? Two, three, two, two episodes, scenes, right? Two episodes, two scenes, two scenes. Two, one yeah. scene each. Yeah, one scene. Right. Each. Yeah. So right. you didn't even need the young Guinan, and I liked her. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you didn't. didn't even, you didn't even do that. Exactly. Well, you didn't need either Guinan, but whatever, doesn't matter. Well, you didn't need older, but you like. I'm, I'm fine with having her in a couple of scenes just for for nostalgia, for fun. Like that's okay. Like it's a cameo. Fine. So is she running this bar for the for the entire run of the show? I guess. So she named the bar ten on forward, forward Street, yeah. and then yeah, right. she names the thing ten forward on the Enterprise. No, because on the Enterprise it's on deck ten forward section. So I understand then in the future if she ended up on Earth, she calls her bar that. Why is it just called that in the past? Well, I, I mean they're implying which you know that she's. You know, they have an awareness outside of linear time to quote yesterday's enterprise, right? Like they have that she's part of, they have that thing that's sort of outside of time. Okay. And that's their excuse to do things like that. And that okay. Um, that part, fine. It's not an issue. That's an it's issue. Okay. It's fine. I liked her. It just, it, she didn't need to be there. I was fine with Whoopi being there for the cameo. Younger Guinan, who again loved, put her in everything. Oh. She was great. And then they spent, what, two episodes with that guy, Mulder? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking man. Kmart, Kmart Mulder. I forgot about this, this story point. I felt they, so they, bad for that guy. They, I, they, I liked they him. Dude, they spent two episodes, or at least an episode and a half, because like he comes in at the end, arrests Picard and Guinan, young Guinan, yeah. and says, I saw you transport, come with me. Then they spend a whole episode about his trauma, about the Vulcans. <laughs> They should have got David Duchovny to play. Oh, it should have been David Duchovny. But, dude, this was bad. This is filler. It's like, yeah, filler. we got Huge 10 episodes, filler. and I got a, we have nothing to do. I got nothing. That, that's essentially what it is. They got nothing. Well, that's why I said they could have done this whole season. If this was TNG, two-parter tops. Oh, man. Right? You would have been done. You would have cut out all this stuff. This is terrible. I forgot, I forgot about Kmart Mulder. Actually, I'm happy now. That he was. No, yeah, you're happy that we've talked about Kmart I am. Mulder. Jeff, you want to believe, now you can. Yep, 100%. But you agree, terrible, right? Oh, brutal. We don't, we don't need to talk about it any, anymore. It's bad. No, yeah, let's move on. Okay. So I think we've rounded out Guinan, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. It's a waste. There's questions. I find it curious. And it's just a cameo that meant nothing. And that's it. Okay, Q. So, Jeff, in season one, we talked about this whole season. Season one was almost, it was not good. But we said, because you got five minutes of a great scene with Picard and Data, it almost made it worth it, Mm -hmm. in a sense. In one sense. Even though it still wasn't worth it for me. Right, yeah. Did this do the same thing for you? Not quite, but what I will say is that when John Delancey was on screen, oh. he's the he's the only one I felt was actually playing his character from TNG. Yes. 
I was like, he's playing Q. Yes. That's Q right now. Yes. And I lo- it was almost like they turned the camera on, they got the Lancey on set, and they're like, they just let him cook. Just do it. Go, 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 John. You got it, right? They just, it's like they, they passed McDavid the puck and let him go to work, man. That's what it felt like. He had a couple real good scenes. He was Q. And was it worth it for the whole season? I don't know that I want to put that responsibility on the guy, but yeah, it was nice to see Q. Oh, and whoa, 100%. I loved the first two episodes with you. As soon as he said Mon Capitan, I was yeah. in. I was yeah. hooked. I was like, yes, yes, and yes. And yes, I, I kept, I, my fists were going, I was pumping, I was like, uh, as your fist pumps, I was like, I was in the zone. It was like, this feels right. Just yes. the story. Oh, the story is brutal. Like, it didn't uh, make any sense. No, it didn't make any sense. Dying? Why? What's going Why? on here? No, like, nothing what? made sense. No, nothing. He looks great. He looked good. Yeah. And he, and he was cute. Like, he, he And did. him and Picard had great chemistry. Why are we not yeah. having more episodes with these guys here? That should have been the whole show. Yes. Old Q, old Picard. Old man Q and Picard. That's what it should have been. It could have been like, like this. You know, like traveling how- the cosmos. Tapestry, but 10 episodes of Tapestry. Yes, but you know, it's just like that Batman game where the Joker's dead. He's in his mind. Yeah. So you see in the game, you see see him pop up and Picard can't let go of him. Yeah. And that's actually what Colin Trevorrow was going to do with Luke and Kylo Ren, by the way, in episode 9. Was that Luke was going to be kind of haunting him. His kind of voice over his shoulder. Kind of taunting him a little bit. (laughs) Which would have been fantastic. Yeah. That would have been the only way. I mean, fuck Colin Trevorrow, but yeah. Anyways, despite your points on Colin Trevorrow, that's no, a better, he's, he's better, not, better. He's not a good director. He's not a good movie maker. I, I'll take I, I'll take five billion movies from him than one more of J.J., but that's all I have to say. Yeah, well, so, name one that was actually good that he made. Name one of J.J. movie that's actually good. Star Trek was pretty good. No, it's... Mission Impossible 3 was pretty good. Insulting. Super 8 was all right. was better Sorry. than anything Colin Trevorrow made. And The Force Awakens for... You know, all of its problems. I'm not but, it's, but, but, but it's a better movie than any movie Colin Trevor ever. No. Anyways. What's a better movie than Colin Trevor ever? Uh, I'm not... I'm not going down this road. No, no, go down the path. Just, no, just name one movie. Just name one movie. Uh, I, like safety not, I, like, I like Safety Not Guaranteed. Fine, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't mind, even fine. though I'm not... This is just like popcorn, fluff. Yeah. I will take Jurassic... Whatever what is the first. Jurassic first World. Movie. I'll take that over Force Awakens. But it's not a good movie. But neither is Force Awakens. Fine, I'll give you that. But it isn't a good movie. No. No. It's just popcorn fluff, which is... No, it's, it, it, it's, which, not, it's actually terrible. Yeah, it's, it's a popcorn. But it's like popcorn you know, fluff. Movie, You're just watching it for dinosaurs chewing on people and yeah. roaring at each other, and that's it. Yeah, I know. No, no, it's a bad movie. Jurassic it's Park movies suck, except the first one. Yes. They all suck. Eh, they I all them. suck, except the no, first one. No, the first one. one's great. The first one's fucking terrific. Actually, Jurassic Park 2, I feel... No, it's terrible. I don't know. I feel like it's underrated. I like it when the the T-Rex is in the city. That's it. The rest of the movie is crap. It's not great. No, it's the rest of the movie. It's almost like it's almost like George was like, not George. Stephen was like, you know what? I should have made Jaws two. And this is oh what man, I mean. it's so funny. He there is an article about him talking about Jaws two. Yeah, he was about to do Jaws two. I know he was. Yeah, yeah. but in, he didn't. But then no. he did with your eyes. Like oh, I should have done Jaws two. <laughs> this is my Jaws two. Yes, like it's not good, but. Better than any movie Colin Trevor So I want Steven Spielberg to do Jaws the Return. It's like Jaws the Revenge, but like even more bloodier. 
He's able to walk on land now. Jaws, the shark awakens is what. The shark uh, awakens, that's right. I would actually, wouldn't it be awesome if, <laughs> if Spielberg did a Jaws movie now? Oh, man. He should just do it for fun. Oh, my God. I, I can't imagine. I would just, I would give you $100 to watch it. <laughs> Here's $100. I'll go watch Jaws 12 or whatever it is by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> That'd be so oh. great. Anyways, we're talking about Q. I loved everything, every scene with Q, but his storyline made no sense. I like the idea of him trying to give Picard another trial about a personal trial, saying, I don't want you to die alone. And I have no problem with him going through all of this hardship, I would say, for Picard, because that's Q. You can't say that that's not Q. Q does that all the time. Yes. So I'm fine with that. But I don't understand this whole thing about Rene Picard and this microorganism and him trying to convince her she shouldn't be on that ship and be pretending to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that about? We have to talk about one more storyline before we're done here. Is the Soong storyline. Yeah. So that's next. So, But I don't even understand any of that. So then he also goes to, what's her name? Soji's character in this show now? I don't, I don't remember her name. Corey? I think it's Corey. Sure. Okay, let's call her Corey. Let's call her Soji. Sure. He even goes to her. Let's call her Lol. How about we call her Lol? Lol. So he goes to her and even interferes there. I can't recall what he said to her. But he freaks her out through this virtual reality machine. Yeah. I don't even understand any of what's going on here. Tell me. What's happening? Please. Okay. Here's what I understand. So for no reason, Q sets up this whole bullshit for Picard to go on a journey of self-discovery, I guess. Why he chooses this... Because Q purposefully, I, I guess what you could say is that Q is trying to show Picard how tenuous the balance is. Like, you were this close to being that dark future that I showed you. Right? How small of a universe that is. Do you buy that? It's that what? close? That it's all about Rene Picard and finding Not, that microorganism? Well, I don't find that to I don't, be... I don't buy it that it's so close it. that it's just this microorganism, but I think what it it's the same storyline as and this is another issue that I had with it is like as we said, three that I counted direct references to Star Trek four. The other main thrust of the storyline is first contact. It's the same storyline as that. Uh it's like it's the difference between this ship launching and not. That's it. The other stuff, and that's just some bullshit sci-fi stuff, but the difference is really small. Like, you're at, like, this point in your history is so close to being this other thing. And I don't know why they're saying or what they're saying about that or why it's a little weird, right? Because if he hadn't interfered, it would have been fine. But see, here's the thing. What Sue was doing at the end was more, even though it was still stupid, I'm going to destroy the whole rocket ship for me launching. But the whole thrust of coming for Picard coming back here and Renee and the watcher watching Renee and Q trying to convince Renee is that she's the most important aspect of the mission. In first contact, yeah. you can't launch that ship without Zep from Cochrane. Without, obviously, the future people there. Riker and Geordi could do it, but right. it's not their place because they're advanced, right, in the yes. knowledge of warp drive. Zep from Cochrane is really the only one who knows how to operate operate that ship from that timeline. Yes. Here, we don't get the impression that Brene is the only one who's going to be on that ship, the shuttle. That's correct. They, so, she would have had a backup. She would have had a backup. Yes. So this storyline makes no sense to me no, at all. No, it does not. And you could go any way with it, and we'll go back to that Deep Space Nine episode, or that two-parter, where, what's his name, Bell, right, um, yeah. was the character who died. 
Cisco had to take his place. Right. Is that like it was more the events were determinative of the future, not that's right, not the person. person. You're right. So so to me, Renee, this is more like the event was more important. Yeah, than her. Totally. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You can't get on the ship. Get it back up in. That's right. If an astronaut gets sick, you throw in the fucking understudy, and boom, you're off the you're off the fucking races. You're fine. That's right. So it's some total bullshit. Pointless. Don't know why Q was doing any of that because. If he's trying to show the razor's edge of history there, that's fine. If he's trying to show here's the razor's edge of history, you have to be here's you have to make sure you have to make sure that rocket yeah. launches. Yeah. Well, if it's like here's the razor's edge, you always you have to always be diligent because authoritarianism, xenophobia, all of these things are right there. They're always right there. It's on the razor's edge. You have to be diligent. That's the price you pay is that you always have to be diligent. Then like great. That would have been cool. That would have been a cool message. Greed. Because that's what it was. Well, sure. So, so is just greed. Well, it, could greed. Been, it could have been all of those. Yeah. Right? Greed, xenophobia, racism, all of this stuff, right? It's the razor's edge, and you have to be you have to be diligent, right? You have to be you have to be ready for this stuff. Well, it wasn't about that, though. It wasn't that's about that at all. They just kind of skirted around it. Now, the storyline was Sung and his daughter. Here's how I inter- Here's where I thought they were going, and they didn't go there, but it must have been what they were thinking of, is that, and we already know this from Star Trek Enterprise, the, that he's the father of eugenics, that if, let's say, the launch fails... Is and this the same a, character? He's an ancestor. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen this Enterprise show. So okay, so... This episode in Enterprise. So. Yeah, it, it kind of ties in. So in the, final, in the final season, season four of Enterprise, it was the first story arc. They did like a, a three-episode arc, not Khan, but the enhanced the eugenics the soldiers, right? The same guys. So Sung had created these enhanced humans, right? That was an enterprise. So that's that's what that's the Brent Spiner character. So Brent Spiner played already played a, a Sung ancestor. So what they were implying here is that he creates these enhanced humans. He the one who creates Khan. <laughs> Right? We see that. Because he pulls up the folder. It was so stupid. Which was, oh, that was the other belly laugh. I could But I already knew, but, but again, because I've watched Enterprise, I knew that that was what was happening. I knew that was the character who was playing, right? Is that in the dark future that Q showed Picard, Khan would have been. But Khan is a person. I know what they're doing. They're saying. But that's what would have taken over the. And then birth the Confederation was that line. That future would have come from is the genetically enhanced, the super soldiers, the the xenophobic Confederation. Like that's where it came from was him. That's where I assumed they were going with it. And I think that's what they were hinting at. They just didn't, they did a really bad job of, you know, tying up those knots, right? They didn't do a good job of it. Well, but yeah. that's what they were going. That's well, why that was, all of that was all, that was all terrible. For me, yeah, I, it was brutal. Well, if you, I mean, if you had seen it, you know, those episodes of Enterprise, that probably would have made more sense to you because that's the first place I went to because I knew that's what they were going for. But okay, brutal. None of that's made any sense. And then the fact, yeah. that, well, why did they call it eugenics? It's like because it's you, not eugenics. Eugenics is a totally different thing than what he was doing. Yeah, but the, he calls it Khan. Khan Project. name. Project Khan. <laughs> I would have only have accepted it if he screamed out Khan. That would have been pretty dope, actually. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm okay. Okay, there's the only other one other thing that I want to uh, name drop here in case I forget it. Okay, I want to talk about one specific scene. In episode two, Q shows him all the skulls. I dug that painting of Confederate Picard. Oh, I, yeah, want, cool. I, wa- I want that painting. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. It's dope. But you got the name drops, right? Bill Ducat, General Martok. 
It's like, oh, yeah. 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 That was fantastic. And episode two, Seven is president. Yes. And her husband in that timeline was saying, should I call General Cisco? And me, oh, and, my, hear that. me and my sister lost it. We actually thought... There is a possibility Avery Brooks will come in this show and just light this shit up like Nicolas Cage. And the fact that that didn't happen, I'm so, I'm so, so crushed. They probably couldn't get a day pass for him. But he got General Cisco. I was like, yes. They should have wheeled it in like Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man, but just imagine if you had Avery Brooks as a cameo in that episode as well. I wonder if they tried to get him and he just started, like, (laughs) singing a song through the phone. And they're like, all right, guess it's not going to (laughs) happen. Click. You just hear, like, piano, like, playing the piano on the other end. I'm like, all right, worth a try. Oh, man, I yearn for Cisco. I need more Cisco. I mean, hey, man, anything's possible. I wonder if they're trying. I wonder if No, no, trying. no, no. Can we please not have any more Star Trek Picard? I want Star Trek Cisco. That's what I want. That's what I mean. It's like, what? maybe they're trying, you know? You oh, never know. Man. Oh, Avery Brooks, how I miss thee. <laughs> we never thought we'd get this. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they still could do that. That there, I think Shatner wrote a book about him coming back as Captain Kirk. After oh, he yeah, he did. He he wrote several books about that. <laughs> Can we not just have that storyline come back as Shatner plays, plays himself? Well, I mean, and, and all and due respect to Shatner, who's fucking ripping it at 91 or whatever, however old he is. I don't know that he could quite pull it off at his age. I think he could do a better job than Patrick Stewart is. I don't think so. In terms of physicality. No, 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 no. Patrick Stewart, like, keeps himself in shape. William Shatner is a fucking... (laughs) I know bitch went to space and, like, respect, but seriously. He's 91, man. Like, Patrick Stewart's only, like, 79. Like, come on. Patrick Stewart looks frail. William Shatner does not. Nah. mm. I'm not saying he's fighting on top of, what is it called, that mountaintop or whatever it was. Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. Well, he might be able to fight at the same pace if he faced the Dorn again. Yeah, maybe. Listen, I'll tell you what. I don't know what I was going to say. I don't think Shatner could. Yeah, no. It wouldn't work. I'll take it. I mean, Shatner's. In a short, maybe, like, do, like, Star Trek short. Yeah. Making eggs. Looking for the deal. Where's the deal? Where's the deal? Where's the deal? It's, like, right there because he's, like, 100 years old. There's no. It's just, like, right on the counter in front of the eggs. He's like, he doesn't know where it is. I'll take any Shatner at the stage. I need one more. He needs this one is more. a horse outside. Like, I can two of that shit. He still rides, man. I wouldn't count him I out. doubt it. Really? I think he rides. He's, he's 90, dude. He's not riding horses. Come on. Can I find video for you and prove you wrong? What will you do? Sure. I won't do anything other than say, cool. He rides horses. I was wrong about that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I need to watch that video. Okay. Let's get back on track. So the Q storyline, did it wrap up well for you? Were you happy with that scene at the end? <sighs> I was I happy? The scene was fine. It was a bit of an awkward hug, right? Didn't it a very good hug between Picard and Q. And I guess it wrapped up okay in the sense that the scene was fine, but because the storyline leading up to it didn't really work for me. 
it would left you wanting. Yeah, exactly. And I had the same reaction. Yeah. It was sweet, but it left me wanting. Yeah. It's yeah. like, why couldn't this be developed better so this is a better payoff? Exactly. Yes, exactly. But I will say, Jonathan Delancey probably was the star of the, sh- of the season when he oh, was on he, screen. He crushed it. He stole every scene he was in. He crushed it. As usual. He's yes, fucking awesome. as usual. Oh, he's great. I love John Delancey. Yeah. Such a great actor. Okay, so that's it, Jeff. I, did I miss are, anything? Are we not going to talk about Wesley Crusher? Oh, fuck yes. Okay, let's do it. This came out of nowhere, but let's do it. It was weird. I didn't get yeah. it at all. Well, I was like, oh, I was like, holy shit. I didn't mind seeing him again. No, just, it was great. Why it was great. Why was great. with Picard? Yeah. He's like watching over Picard. He's talking about Watchers. Yeah. Why didn't he come see, say hi to Picard? Yeah, I'm watching over your shoulder. You're okay, buddy. Yeah, like right? just a, a, a quick, just a quick like hug or like, hey, what's up? Like, how do they do that and not have a scene between the two? Because I don't cause get it. I don't get it either. But Picard's been tough on me. Maybe he's still holding the grudge. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, fuck you, old man. That's, that's what I should have done. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, but, fuck my, my yeah. life. Fuck off. I don't understand. So is this a season three storyline they're doing? Or it's just like, eh, let's just give Will Wheaton something. Well, they're bringing everybody else back. We know that, right? Yeah. So is he going to be back? I doubt it. I doubt that he's back. I doubt that Wesley's in season three. Yeah. And this is just superfluous garbage. That it was just. Well, I'm we don't. We want. To, we want to give Will Wheaton something. He's been a good sport. Listen, I'm fine with the idea, go. and he has been a good sport, and I was fine with it. If they're not going to do anything with it, then you don't need to do it in the first place. No. But I don't. So my question, I guess, I don't know if we were going to talk about this. Is anything going to be made of that anomaly that the Borg came and helped Starfleet deal with there? And they're like, we'll hang out and just make sure this is good. Like, is that going to, that's nothing now, right? Like, are we going to go back to that or? Starting point for season three. But I heard Allison Pill said that she's not in season three. So all I know about season three is that Jerry Ryan and the person who plays Rafi will be in it. How much, I don't know. That's all you get. So doubtful that that anomaly plays any role for season So what the fuck was that then? Nothing. There are way too many anomalies on Star Trek now. Like, Star Trek Discovery is all spatial anomalies. Mm-hmm. So, fine, but, like, well, we need more spatial anomalies in Picard. No, we need fewer spatial anomalies, guys. Yeah, Star no Trek's not about spatial anomalies. Like, fuck spatial anomalies. It's boring. Its whole thing is just like, oh, we're here, we came through, and we need your help. Let's just bubble up our shields and push this thing back. What, I don't even know what that thing was. I don't even know what they were doing. They were synchronizing their shields, Harry. That's what they were doing. And why they needed the Borg to do that, because we know they've done that before, when they did that cloaking shield thing in the, you know what I mean, the... You know that episode? That it was the two-parter of the season? I know the episode. I know yeah. the season. Sure. Let's just well, they do the cloaking. Yeah. They do the so cloaking. They, sure. Yeah. Let's just keep they already know how to do that. They know how to do something. So what do they need the Borg to Oh, synchronize your shields. Oh, shit. We didn't know how to do that before. Yeah, motherfuckers, you didn't know how to do that before. I don't Why did they need her for that? Why did they need fucking 500-year-old Gerardi Borg Queen to be like, Oh, synchronize your shields. Like that, the whole season amounted. That was basically the point. Yeah. Is what it all amounts to is synchronize your shields. <laughs> Picard trusts us now. Really? That's yeah. We, we needed your help. For what? Synchronize your shields with us, and the season is done in 10 seconds. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. Fast two-parter on TNG. At no. Best. No. You're giving it too much credit. One episode. Come on. The thing is, this is a lot of plot. I feel like it's a two-parter. Sure. But, but Okay, I'll in, give you a two-parter. In standard TNG two-parter fashion, 
the second episodes of Disappointment. Uh, yeah, a slight letdown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not all of them, but the resolution of the cliffhanger is like, oh, okay, it's fine. 100% agree with you. Usually the two-parters are slightly anti-climactic. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, the, there's no two-parter in Next Gen where the second part was better than the first one. Nope, none. Which is fine. Which is fine. Because they're still fine, but, like, that's what this would have been. Is like a two-parter with a good first episode and an okay second episode. You haven't seen up to the up the long ladder part two there, Jeff. Oh my god, I'd love up the long with Riker's twelve uh, twelve <laughs> children. Yes, that was a killer episode. Sub Rosa part two. There you go. Oh, I'm going Sub Rosa part two. Yeah. Beverly fucks Picard's mom's ghost. Yes. <laughs> and Troy watches. And Troy watches, exactly, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, she's an empathic, right? So she can feel everybody's emotions in that situation there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yikes. No, I think Riker watches. I think he's the one who's watching. Yeah, he's the one watching. He's got that grin on his face. <laughs> exactly. As he mounts a chair. <laughs> That's right. All right, so Jeff. Riker's hungry. Yeah. All right, so I think there's nothing else now. So that that ending made no sense. It's just roundabout filler to make the episode, uh, make the season exist. Yeah. And garbage shit on that set. So, what are your thoughts? I think we covered everything, right? Yes, we covered okay. it all. Okay, we'll get to season three in a second. We'll, just give me your final thoughts on the season. I believe you gave season one a pass. Yes. Last time. And I think we ranked it out of 10. So give me a ranking, a score out of 10, and your final thoughts on Season 2. I think I'm going to give it a generous 5 out of 10. It has its moments. John Delancey rules. Still a Jerry Ryan, even though underutilized. And Patrick Stewart, man, I can't not love the guy, even though this is, I don't know, I still, I don't care. It's got its moments. It's inexplicable in a lot of its plot points. There's some definitely like, why did that episode happen? Especially the immigration episode. I'm like, why? 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 Why'd you do that episode? Doesn't, didn't, nothing happen. But it's, it's got some moments. I believe, you know, I, I like the characters and I like the actors doing what they can with very little material. <sighs> Star Trek. So I got a soft spot. I got a soft spot. You know, I fully admit it. I'm, that's why I say it's generous five. It's a shame. You know, it's, 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 it was a disappointment. No question. A real, especially after the first episode. The first episode's good. Mm-hmm. The first episode feels like Star Trek. And then they, I don't know, it's kind of like you dangled some treats in front of me and then you just kicked me in the balls afterwards. <laughs> you know, that's mean. That's kind of mean to me. It's, it's like last week when we got the goalies. It's like the goalies yeah. were showing up in our, in our shitty. And and it's up. like they show up and then they're shit. And then they're garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Thanks for nothing, man. guys. Appreciate it. It's like we're, Maybe, we're it's better like we're, off just playing posts. It's like, oh, guess we'll see, see you next year, boys. Fuck. Yeah, so it's it's a disappointment. It's just an epic disappointment all around. I, do you remember when you heard that, like, this was going to happen? Like, shit, With they're doing a John show, Lassie, and it's Picard. Yeah. Patrick Stewart's coming back, and it's Picard. Star Trek Picard is the show. It's like, I, holy I remember, shit. Yeah, I remember clearly. We talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. You called me a neckbeard because I was scared. <laughs> Well, you are a neckbeard. So there you go. So you said, I got to have hope. And I said, I got none left after what they did with Star Wars. And I was like, yeah, but that isn't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. We can let it get that later. It's just, it's too bad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it, but I am. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not mad either. I'm indifferent at this point. You know, I try to take more 
you know, being on the show with you, I try and take a little bit more of a fun, fun approach to things now, right? If it's bad. I enjoyed watching it because, especially this season, because my sister was in town. Mm-hmm. So we really, because we watched Star Trek all the time together. So it's been so long since we saw any Star Trek or any new Star Trek, especially. And because it was Patrick Stewart and we really did get a kick out of it. Yeah. And watching it together. So that was enjoyable. So that helped the experience. So I'm thankful for that. I am disappointed. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to give it a solid point for the first. I'm going to give two points for the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. A point and a half, and I'm giving a whole half point just for the name drop of General Cisco. Yeah. Now, if, yeah. now, if Cisco actually showed up on the show, even for 10 seconds, this would be a 10 out of 10. Oh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. You got 12, every book? 12. That's a 12, 12 out of 10. 10. Yeah. Yes. Especially if he was chasing Picard down. Oh, my oh God. man. Oh, Still that. blaming him for Wolf 359? <laughs> 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 oh, man. So if that happened, this would have been a masterpiece of a show, but that didn't happen. So I should erase all my points for just the name drop. But I'll give it half a point for a name drop. And I'm going to give it a solid one point just for Dundalin. Yeah. So, But the storylines did not make any sense. Nothing was worthwhile in the end. The journey for Picard was not worthwhile. I enjoyed Agnes for a bit. She's kind of part of the points that I'm giving here. And that message that the board could be better. So that's very Star Trek. I like that. But yeah, I'm going to give it either a three, three and a half out of ten. It's a mm. step down from season one for me. It's disappointing because yeah. you, you have John Delancey here now and you didn't utilize him enough. Yeah. And the story wasn't good enough for a send off. No. Bad writing. Yeah. So that's where I stand. So it's disappointing. It sucks. Picard and Star Trek as a whole should be better. So yeah. I don't know what Patrick Stewart's doing and I guess that's. Let's lead into season three. What is Patrick Stewart doing? And why are these characters coming back? Because well, what, what are you going to tell? What's happening? I mean, we obviously don't know what's happening, but what's the point at this stage? And does this signify that the studio and Patrick Stewart himself, because he's in control, as you said. He didn't want these guys here. He didn't want to shit. It's not his interest. It's not that he doesn't like his castmates. Yeah, he just didn't want to do TNG yeah, but now, Redux, right? Yeah. But but that's what season three is gonna be. It has to be. Well we'll see what it is. I, I I'm curious because what I heard, and you and I are not industry professionals, we're not insiders. We don't know anything outside of the bullshit that we like to speculate about. We're just a couple of assholes podcasting. I did listen to a podcast with people who are in the industry, and what I heard there was that they knew, and they couldn't say, that this was always, they always wanted this for season three, was yeah. the, the cast from the, the original cast for season three. I call Whether that's out. true or not. That's spin doctrine. Don't know. So, Maybe, well, no, like, from what I was, like, there's no connection or anything like that. It was just like, this was, we'd heard that this is what they always wanted to do. Couldn't say anything, so this is what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But what role does Brent Spiner play? Like, are they going to bring Data back? He's not Data. He's going to be soon. He's going to, which, yeah, he's going to be a soon. Uh, Again. Okay, fine. It's like, fuck, enough of the soon. Again. If there's one character that should not come back, it's he's had enough. Honestly, I've had enough. He should, he should just build B4 again. It'd be more interesting. Yeah. Just sit there. In the background, like whistling like a butterfly he's like or whistling. something. He's like, he'll be like Fat Thor. He's just in the yeah. background, half asleep. <laughs> that'd be fine. Do yeah, that. that'd be okay. That'd be better. Yeah. That'd be better. No offense to Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner's fine. Brent Spiner's great. Love Brent Spiner. Done with the Sung shit. Yeah, I'm done with the Sung. Yeah, it's I'm fine. Done. Play it out. It's good. I love LeVar Burton. Bring him on. We Michael, haven't seen Michael Dorn, baby. Yeah, yeah. Warf, Michael Dorn. Warf is coming back. Give me some Gates. I love Gates. 
Give me all of that. You know? Uh, fine. Good. Let's do it. Maybe it'll suck, but I don't care. It, you know what? Here's what I'll say. Whatever they're going to do and everything they've already done on Picard, it's better than Star Trek Nemesis, so I'm fine. I wouldn't say that. It's not better than Nemesis is pretty bad, though, right? Nemesis is terrible. Yeah. Uh, that, just shows, take, that just shows you what this I'm not taking this over Nemesis. No I'll way. take this over Nemesis. No, no. All look, days, are, no, no. Are you talking about season three or season one and two over Nemesis? No, I'll take one and two over Nemesis. Fuck no. Nemesis. I mean. You're insane. You're no, insane. I don't think so. I don't think so because this is like, like seasons one and two of Picard are like, you know what? Don't worry about anything else. It's fine. We're just going to do this other thing. Whereas Nemesis was like, oh, did you like Star Trek The Next Generation? Because we're going to fuck it right up the ass that's and give you the middle finger while we do it, too. Is that cool? That's what we're going to do right now. And, then they, wink at, right and now. then they wink at you while they do it. Like, fuck, those, fuck that movie, man. This isn't doing that, at least. It's not good, but it's not that. Patrick Stewart's got the bills. Stacked bills like a Vander Kane. Oh, in Vegas sure. right now after season he's two, he's taking the call. He's happy. Stack the bills. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's this is a cash cow for him, and he's so. making it rain. But that's fine. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, make the bank. I don't care, but don't give me the middle finger like Nemesis did, and it didn't give me the middle finger. It kind of gave me the cold shoulder, but didn't give me the middle finger. No, if no. that makes sense. Nemesis gave you the cold shoulder. These are giving you the middle finger. I disagree. I think it's the yeah. reverse. No. Nemesis I, didn't even know that it was a Star Trek. No, but you could say the same thing about First Contact. Well, First Contact yeah, is an action well, movie. You, you could actually say awesome. that about pretty much every Star Trek movie. Yeah. It, all well, action movies. Well, Star Trek Star Trek 6 and Star Trek The Motion Picture are awesome. No, they're great. They're fantastic. The, 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 they're, they're not just action, action movies. Star, Star Trek 3. 2 is... So I don't know actually, okay, we, we have to get into an argument about Star Trek 2 because I think that gets unfairly maligned. It is an action movie. Hold on, hold on, action. hold on. Star Trek 2 does not get unfairly maligned. Star Trek 2 is widely regarded by every Star Trek fan out there as the greatest Star Trek movie ever. Yeah. It is not unfairly maligned. But it is an action movie. And it is less a Star Trek movie than 1, 4, and 6. I would agree with that statement. It's a great movie. It's not just a great movie. It is also a Star Trek. Now, is it as allegorical as Star Trek The Motion Picture or Star Trek VI or Star Trek IV? No. No. But it is still an exploration on the human condition. 100%. Which mm. is what Star Trek is about. We'll get into that one mm. day in the future. Mm. But it is mm. 100%. Mm. Yes. Mm. 100%. Mm. I'll die on that bridge, Jeff. So. I know. I know you will. You and every other Star Trek fan. And that's fine. I don't... Hey, love it. Great movie. Love it to death. Fantastic. What I'm trying to say is that every Star Trek movie is essentially more an action movie first. Yes. Yeah, and I agree with that, Steve. And, 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 Star, and Star Trek second. Like, yes. all of them. Except for the maybe motion picture. That's why the motion picture is one of the best Star Trek movies yeah. of all time. great movie. No action, and no. everyone Zero. hates it for it, but it's a yeah. fucking fashion. It's, it's no, probably it's one of the best... Two two and a half hour packed yeah. of Star Trek yeah. you'll ever get. Yeah, Star great, Trek the most great Star Trek story and a really good movie and, and everything else is action movie first or sorry yeah action movie first Star Trek second in different proportions really all of them if you really wanted to unpack it but we don't need to get into that no but I will take Picard season one or two over Nemesis because Nemesis can do things that are <laughs> not friendly for a family show like ours. I'll say this. Season one and two, I'll take Attack of the Clones over season one in card. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. Oh, yes. The only argument you've got in your favor there 
Is that if you watch Attack of the Clones? At least it's over in, in two and a half hours. That's right. I suppose it's like 20 hours of Picard. Well, here's I'd rather sad, watch here, 20 hours of Picard. Here's a sad hours. thing. That's just the benchmark for our podcast, but the worst Star Wars movie is still Rise of Skywalker. Heads down. Oh, yeah. Well. Anyways, let's not cross the streams. No, let's not cross the streams. It's not worth it. No, because we'll be here for another yeah. five years. So, okay, Jeff, that's it for today, unless you got anything else. But I guess I have one last question. Okay. We are going to do season three. We have yeah, I assume so. Yeah, of course. Now, obviously, we could change our mind. But I think because the cast is coming back, we should do an episode episode break. I don't know if you're up for it. It's too early. To yeah, say. I'm always up for it. We we did it for season one, did we not? Yeah. We did it for Discovery, didn't we not? Discovery. We did a lot of Discovery season one. Yes. And we I think we did a blow-by below for Picard season one. So yeah, for sure we can do season one. No, a blow by blow. Episode yeah. by episode. Yep. It's the cast. I think we have we to. Have to. Because we they're have coming to. back. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, well Jeff, that's it. It's almost three hours. I thought we'd be done in an hour and you were right. Yeah. No. <laughs> it wasn't possible. Not even close. No. I thought 90 minutes though, like we're almost at three, so the fuck do we know? We're a couple of idiots. That's right. Alright Jeff, well I'm gonna Hit the sack. I think that's a good time to say goodnight. I will see you next time. All right, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Cheers. All right.